everybody, and welcome to episode 312 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparos. Who else is in here joining me in the Patreon tier to be decided later studio? Taxationally ruined Chris Antista. And all of my game controllers are just giant versions of my name, which is Matthew Allen. And special guest... Leif Johnson of Macworld and occasionally PC World. Yep. Welcome aboard. I kind of think more joysticks should be shaped like corporate logos now. Otherwise, how would we know who that. made them? Which is really most, the most important part of the experience. <laughs> oh, I, wish, I wish DVD cases were, uh, were shaped like the logos of the companies that made the movie. <laughs> that I could just I could just take lethal weapon out of a WB shield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that'd be terrible for for your shelf profile. But, oh yes, uh, yeah. but I mean that's I mean we're not thinking about that anymore, are we? No, no. What, we're not. what physical what physical items we have left can come in all shapes and sizes. We'd yeah. have to do a trade in program for all the Fox stuff. It would have to go into a Mickey Mouse head shaped box. <laughs> right. I feel like we're coming in too cheery for this week because as some of you at least know, uh, there has been a major tragedy in that games radar finally took down what if hitler smoked pot <laughs> they did right before 420 yeah. it's gone the... now now Why now, now. they're probably know. looking to see if they had any content of that like and they were like hmm, we need to remove this Why now? What, this they, the are, are, are they going to be a publicly traded stock i don't know pot's <laughs> never been hotter carl's has a pot themed burger coming yeah, out yeah exactly what man? I miss California. And they're in California. <laughs> so, no, yeah. it's in, true, but it's yeah. not. It's a it's a Colorado exclusive, oh. and it's only on oh, 420. Of course, yeah, of course. and it's not real pot. It's actually CBD derived from hemp seeds. Oh, what's even the point? Isn't, isn't Carl's Jr. like is the point of that? <laughs> Carl's Jr. is like the one founded by like the super right wing dude. So yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. like he'd Carl be... Karcher would be rolling yeah. in his grave. They were like could... outdoing Chick Fil A there for a while. Could put a battery down there and, and harvest energy. I never remember it. if it's Carl Karcher or Tom Hardy because it's Carl Hardy's, you know. So it's Tom definitely Hardy. Tom Hardy. It's Tom Hardy's. Like Dunkirk's yeah, Tom, Tom Hardy's. Hardy's. Yeah. <laughs> their, their, their slogan is "Don't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling." <laughs> well, obviously, no. There, there wow. is some some genuinely sad news in that Notre Dame partly burned. Uh, yes, our lady. this week, and our it was lady. it was a huge shock to everyone. It was mm-hmm. a little bit like. The, the experience of seeing it unfold was a little bit like if September 11th had not had any fatalities, and it was yeah, just about or, or watching the this Norwegian iconic... church burnings of the mm. black metal late 90s era. That was the thing? Oh, it's awesome. You should read about it. Okay. You should read about Varg and, and, and death and all these, these weird-ass black metal cults, and they burned down, like, I think 11... Like wooden yeah, churches from BS. the Viking era. Yeah, it, it was. It just they weren't worldwide national monuments, so it didn't make the national. All these news, important but, Viking oh, churches, wow. you know, they, they were Christian churches, but yeah, they weren't. I was like, that's that's like the best representation. This is coming from a guy whose name is Leif. You know, of your your heritage. You know, <laughs> I'm so you glad you're here. Leif. It. It's wood. Your culture is wood. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and that guy who did it, who's been in a prison for years. Oh Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Notre Dame uh, also very symbolic of of France and and very important to the French national identity. Uh, Great it, football it, team. It <laughs> it was like the symbol of the city until the Eiffel Tower came along. Yeah, and, that's the um, important thing. And so. became a very per- like what was it? They think the Onion called it the world's largest, tallest, purposeless structure. But uh, but yeah, Notre Dame. Uh, it's it's very tragic. My mom uh, texted me while it was going on to remind me you had your first panic attack there. Quite a milestone <laughs> and memory to treasure. 
<laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> can 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 we ask what you were panicking about? Yes. Uh, so I we went up to Game Boy went dead. No, no. Surprisingly, uh, no. We we went up to the balcony, which I was very excited about, like the mid range thing, like not all the way up to the top of one of the towers, but there's like this balcony that goes between the two towers mm-hmm. and is very very high up, and so. I think it was a combination of things like you get up there and it's this very it's this ancient like hundreds of years old stone masonry that slopes ever so slightly downward toward the edge the uh, the railing is fairly low there are a lot of uh, gargoyles leaning way out over the side and don't forget those narrow ass mm. circular stairs you got to take yes. to get up to that thing yes yeah. yeah it's like accommodates one person so there's like an up staircase and a down staircase mm-hmm. and so uh yeah, I, I looked down that slope at all the tiny, tiny people below and realized how unprotected I was and something in my brain broke and I just started hugging the inside wall and refused to move. And so the friend of the family who was with us, I think I think I was about 13 or 14 at the time, friend of the family who was with us uh, basically just took me and it's like, okay, just cover your eyes and, and hold my hand. Just uh, hang on to me. We'll just walk across this very narrow bridge. Uh, you'll miss all the statuary, but you also won't piss your pants. Uh, keep going, keep going. We need to go all the way across until we get to the, the down staircase. Uh, we, you can't go back down the way you came. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, so. you laugh, but mm-hmm. I had the same basic reaction when I was maybe like 26 and I went there. And it was the same spot. It was the, you know, the, the balcony between it. And I have acrophobia that it, it, it's weird, when, especially it happens on man-made objects. I can climb up a mountain yes. and not care. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I can dance around on the top of a mountain or a cliff, but like the second story of a mall, I can't even <laughs> lean over the rail. Mm-hmm. So I was doing the same thing. I was with my, my ex-wife there and I was sitting there like, let me just stay against the back wall here. Mm-hmm. This is kind of, that, that parapet is a little bit lower than you think it is down at the, so that's another thing too is it's a there's they have a gate you know a grating over it now but all the same it was kind of it was kind of freaky so i did manage to go to the edge and take a couple of photos but i was the same way in my 20s you know kind of freaking out about the height so there's that have we all been there i've been there i've been there uh no man i ain't going to france (laughs) didn't support us in the iraq war i feel bad because i've i've been <laughs> oh. I mean, we changed the name of fries, though, so it's fine, you know. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've been a couple times. I've only been inside once because, mm-hmm. yeah, going inside, mm-hmm. there's a line and it's kind of a whole ordeal. It's but it's hard. actually just the front of Notre Dame is is a cool little hangout spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of just cool scenery. It's a great picture spot for people. And actually, I think one of the silver linings of this fire was just the the response of people who were there and that the fact that crowds gathered. They were watching the entire time, and they started singing hymns, and it was like this silver lining. And and, and actually, the whole the French country's response, and even Michael's company's response, Shill, uh, everyone's rallying to help rebuild. And in fact, I think, so not to, to get too ahead of ourselves with news, but Ubisoft has set up a program where they're donating 500,000 euros toward the rebuilding efforts, mm-hmm. and they're giving away Assassin's Creed Unity uh, through Uplay. To kind of raise awareness. Yeah, it's it's free for a week. And that that model of Notre Dame inside the game is... Uh, they, I've seen several news articles suggesting that it can and maybe will be used in reconstruction efforts. Because it is an exhaustive... No shit. It's so detailed. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. 
Even if it's skin. not historically accurate for the period, mm-hmm. it's uh, historically accurate for now. So. We may yeah. talk about it. Yeah, we may. Because mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. are we talking about today? What is this top five, Mike? Well, we're talking about, uh, in in honor of this tragedy, we don't, we don't usually respond to real-world tragedy uh, on this show, but this... Somehow, seems in terms of tragedies, this is a fine one. <laughs> it's just a building. I mean, it's, eh. it could have been much worse. It's still right. a tremendous it's really loss. Good. Yeah, it, I don't con- want to downplay that at all. Yeah, considering the hellfire inferno that that thing looked like, it came out pretty mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the best we could have. Yeah, yeah, the interior of the building is mostly intact. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what we don't know is the smoke damage because, like, yeah. with fires like this, smoke is really what ruins most mm-hmm. of that stuff. So. Yeah. Even so, it but it looks it looks good. Yeah, they lost one main stained glass window. Is I think what I heard. Uh, like, yeah, that stuff is all like, considering super priceless. But yeah, a lot of the you know the main rose windows. That's it's it's you know fine is a strong word, but it's mm-hmm. it could have been worse. What about the flying buttresses? Or the flying buttresses? Okay? The flying buttresses are okay. And yeah, that tower that fell, the the steeple, like you. Not we, flesh. We we were talking like that's actually a recent addition. Yes, eighteen fifty. Yeah, and I. It reminded me, I, I saw a Twitter thread that I actually found oddly comforting with this uh, person talking about that, like, they took an architecture class mm-hmm. uh, that was taught by a very cynical priest, and then he had said, like, fire is part of the basic life cycle of any Catholic structure, <laughs> that, uh, you know, plenty of churches have burned over the centuries, either accidentally or on purpose, they're, they're always rebuilt. And they tend to be rebuilt in whatever the architectural style is at the time, which oh, is yeah. why you will see cathedrals all over Europe that have like five different architectural styles spanning hundreds of years. Well, even Notre Dame itself had, yes. because it took so long to build, there were several architectural styles on mm-hmm. display right there. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, it's almost like having a church full of burning candles 24 hours a day is setting yourself up for some sort of disaster. Mm, it probably wasn't that. But. <laughs> no, no, this one started, I think they said, on the roof. Yeah, it started on the roof because it's funny. In those aftermath photos, they show the inside of the nave and actually the candle spots were fine, Yeah, where you do all the votive candles. That was actually still intact and that's how you, I knew like the wood inside was still probably partially okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the uh, to, to the earlier question, the topic this week is games that have recreated Notre Dame within their worlds as a place that you can explore. Uh, many of them have have done it w- with great attention to detail, uh, some more than others. Uh, <laughs> these are games where you can explore Notre Dame in, in some cases very much like it was before the fire. This is the Disneyland adventures of a real land. Yeah, yeah, sort of, sort of. That's that's actually a good way to put it. Um. <laughs> it's just the only thing I've talked about with that because it's it was the only thing I thought that was iconic among people of all nations that was lost mm. up until this point. I don't know many games you can explore the World Trade Center maybe before two thousand one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when you lose something that big, like something that iconic, it's interesting that yeah we've lived long enough to have games recreate them. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we'll get into the top five recreations of Notre Dame in video games right after this. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1999. Of the past, no one can be told what the Matrix is. Whoa. You have to see it for yourself. The Matrix. It's the one thing that still sticks out this silly to me. No one can be told what the Matrix is. It's a place where they farm human beings to be batteries. (laughs) Yes, you can't. I think it's brilliant. I think it's one. I think, and guess, I'm going to say it again. 
I think it's my generation Star Wars. Uh, okay. Let's not pretend Star Wars doesn't have bad sequels. Yeah. <laughs> and bad dialogue, yeah. And bad dialogue. And, and when you watch wow. it right now, it doesn't look like like this has an independent movie budget. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit, this looks fantastic. Yeah. And it's it's visionary, yeah. it's beautiful world building. I think it's a fucking timeless film because it's set in a date that even the characters don't know that they're in. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. This movie lives better in my memory than... I have a better time talking about it and thinking about it and... Remembering my good times with this movie than I actually did rewatching it. I would watch it right now. Hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I would watch yeah. it. I would watch it on the grave of 10 Things I Hate About You. <gasps> there, I said it. I'm trying you to antagonize even you. seen that movie. How could you? Chris, if you had to recommend one movie, Matrix or Heathers. Ooh, a real Sophie's Choice here. Heathers won't create a bunch of trench coat wearing school shooting red pillars. <laughs> Strangely enough, it won't compared to the Matrix. Weird. It's weird. so crazy. Wow. A movie about trench coat wearing school shooters. I know. I know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're back to talk about what? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Rudy. 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 Notre Dame de Paris. Oh, that one. Beginning with... Number five. The sun rises over the beautiful city of Paris. Humans have long left this iconic city behind, and the wilderness has reclaimed the streets. Deer and wolves have made their homes here, sharing this urban jungle with exotic animals escaped from the zoo. Ooh, what game could this be? Uh, uh, it sounds like a really young David Attenborough, so it's not Planet <laughs> Earth. Oh man, is this this wasn't? I thought that was set in New York, though. There was a game like this with animals running wild in You're New York. You're thinking of Tokyo Jungle? To- okay, is wait, is Possibly. this Eagle Flight? This is Eagle Flight. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. Eagle Flight. I remember the premise game. of Eagle Flight. Yeah. Uh, you know, full disclosure again. Work for Ubisoft, but. Uh, Boo! I mean, yeah. yay. <laughs> um, this is it's it's a pretty fun uh, VR flight game. Uh, you yeah. play as an eagle th- through the life cycle of an eagle, beginning at birth. Hungry and alone in the dark, instinct compels you to move toward heat and light. Someone is waiting for you in the outside world. Your mother and father. Two massive eagles that are getting like right up in your VR face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this game was really cool. This was one of the first VR games I I played, and um, I remember interviewing the developer. I think I've talked about this on a show before. Mm. And and the top the topic at the time was like how VR was making everyone sick. Yeah. And that game wasn't making anyone sick. I said, well, how are you? How are you doing this? And so he explained some of the tricks that you would use. You know, he's like, well. You'll notice you always see your beak. That's sort of your the, the centering point that you mm-hmm. will end up staring at inadvertently that helps you. And you notice, he's like, you don't really know this is going on, but we're kind of blinding your peripheral vision so you don't yes. see the city by, fly by so quickly. Uh, and that's good because you you fly pretty fast through the city in mm-hmm. this game. Um, yeah, so the premise is, yeah, it's like man is long gone and the, the cities are they've just kind of been 
overrun by flora and fauna, uh, and some of which plays into the gameplay because this game has like eagle on eagle combat. Like they well, have eagle like, on <laughs> vulture. Combat. Oh, on vulture. Yeah, You're okay. friends with the other eagles. It's vultures <laughs> that you have to you have to send sonic screeches at to knock them out of the sky. Right. Eagle so shall not harm eagle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that exact same thing while I was playing it last night. <laughs> but it's badass because, like you said, you send out these like sonic screams that just mm-hmm. like make them spiral out of the air. Yeah, and it's it's really cool because the the game is almost entirely controlled just with your headset like you you tilt your head to move you mm-hmm. turn uh and and uh like the only controller inputs are like the screeches and like accelerating or decelerating and i imagine that really helped with the the lack of making you sick too because yeah yeah a lot of that you know there were another games is trying to coordinate with all that garbage. Yeah, it's, yeah, one of the things that makes you sick is trying to reconcile where you want to look versus where the game's actually taking you. And so by mapping that control to where you have to look, it, it, it does help reduce the sickness. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this game to me, I can't confirm this, Michael, and you don't have to confirm this, but this always felt like, well, we built Paris for Unity <laughs> and we got eagle assets from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Why not do this? I it, I almost, I always sense this tentative link to the Assassin's Creed yeah. universe that they it never really confirmed. It looks very simple compared to. That's Unity. true. It, it is. It does. And yeah. I mean, I, I did get a similar vibe from it. Obviously, there are some obvious similarities. The city, like Leif said, is is much simpler. It's more modern. Uh, you will see trappings of modernity around, like you can go into subway tunnels and fly around, or you can fly through wrecked buses or boats, or there's like a downed Ferris wheel and stuff like that. So it's it's like an abandoned Paris. And trees, is, so it, many trees. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like maybe a couple of years into its, you know, post-human decay. There's like a tree growing out of one of the towers. Yeah. yeah. But then, uh, of course, this is not about Paris, but Notre Dame. And Notre Dame plays a very important role in Eagle Flight. Notre Dame. This part of the city has always been a refuge. A safe haven amidst the busy streets. This is your home. So you actually start out on the Notre Dame's right tower, uh, and that that's where you hatch, it's where your nest is, that's where you uh, fly through an icon to bring up the main menu if you want to quit out of the game. Eagle lost its house, man. And Jesus. Its, <laughs> its house is still standing. <laughs> you know what's uh, also, also still standing is that friggin' tower that went down. And I'm sorry, if humanity had been gone for like 50 years or hmm. something, that thing would have already toppled over fall into the roof without any kind of maintenance anyway. yeah, probably but there there are um you know obviously the structure itself has decayed a bit in interesting ways there are some holes that go through the building now and so you can just like you know fly through like a narrow tunnel from one end of the church to the other lengthwise widthwise i think one of the reasons that they use this as the home base is um notre dame it's very easy to find in Paris because it's on its own island. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's in the middle of the Seine. There, there, the you can, yeah, and so if you are trying to identify landmarks in the city, it's sort of hard to identify just a specific building in a skyline, but you find that river and you can find that island really, really quickly. And then, of course, the, the dual towers, which yes. are very recognizable. It's very iconic, very striking. Uh, and in, you can see other landmarks like the Pantheon. Yep. Was showing up. Yeah. In in this version of it, it's a little weird because there is a waterfall going down one of the towers. I don't know why. I don't know what reason there would be to put water pipes up there or why they'd yeah, still be running. Those damn wet bandits. Um, <laughs> yeah. So waterfall going down into like a pond in that like balcony between the towers and... And then, the, like, the left tower has a tree growing out of it, which is weird. The panic balcony. I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, the panic balcony. 
But yeah, it's a it's a very cool way to kind of explore an, a, a simplified aerial Paris as an eagle, and uh, it's a very very fun VR experience. I think I, w- I wish I would have played because it was it was at launchy. It was launch windowy. It was very close was to the close. launch. Of VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's that that skill is actually pretty vital to understanding the fundamentals of like almost every other VR game where you kind of control stuff with your head. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, I got it, I got it late and it was, it was a huge adjustment, but I, but I don't know, man, I wish I had it. I wish I had that shit at launch cause I'm, I'm more excited about VR than almost anything else. I would say it's still anything. one of the better VR experiences yeah. out there, especially on PS VR. Mm-hmm. And you'll often see it on sale for like eight to $12 maximum. Like it's, it's, it's a really good deal. Like you said, cause it's kind it's sort of a primer for VR and this yeah. is what you should expect. And it's one of those games you can play in longer stretches because it's not going to get you sick. Yes. Yeah. I have to wonder if the color palette has a lot to do with that too, because mm-hmm. it's very samey. It's mostly it's kind muted. of brown and brown yeah. and green. Yeah, mainly. it's it's a very muted color palette, and it, 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 it interprets most of Paris's skyline as sort of this tannish brown. Yes. Like the buildings do kind of blend together. You highlight with accents of like, well, green from the trees, kind of overgrowing everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like how would an eagle see this while swooping down at sixty miles an hour and pulling up out That's of the true. steep dive? Yeah. Oh yeah. One of the most amazing things about that game is the maneuvers you can pull off like mm-hmm. you you it gets kind of like you're like wow i'm kind of impressed with myself that yeah. i just pulled off this like huge dive and i pulled out of the dive last second because this game also has like a collection mechanic where it's just you're just trying to find secrets throughout the city right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and secrets and feathers and you're flying through rings and you're catching fish and you're fighting vultures oh well. exactly. flying through rings mm-hmm. come on you got me superman if, 64 gameplay well you say that but if if there's a game with flight you know it's going to make you fly through rings oh, it's, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's one of the rules never once seen a floating <laughs> ring in the sky in, in all my well days. maybe you should start looking up genius <laughs> <laughs> been there all along yeah just, they're, they're just part of the, it's it's like power lines you don't notice they're there but they're there that's right yeah the floating rings in the sky silently causing cancer <sighs> maybe you call those chem rings oh wow okay. <laughs> this is getting too real let's move on number four is this seat taken i'm not looking for company you're in power my friend in this city no one drinks alone or speaks in their oh, native accent. Oh, we got have that one. <laughs> oh, man. So that's really bad. More like saboteur. I, I <laughs> was going to ask if that was saboteur because that sounded like... I heard I heard a stereotypical Irish accent in there and a stereotypical French accent. Yeah. That's Robin Atkin Downs as Sean and uh, Andre Soliuzzo as, uh, as Luke... I always thought it was Steve Bloom for some reason, but uh, I guess not. But yes, this game is 10 years old, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, trying to play it on a 4K TV now, it does not look wonderful. <laughs> uh, and its its version of Notre Dame has sort of aged accordingly. It's very close to looking like a one-to-one model. It definitely conveys the massiveness of that building if you if you go to notre dame which is like then converted into a, a, a well like a, a prison camp and a nazi zeppelin refueling station yeah so <laughs> you got a big uh, fence all around the other front and stuff uh-huh so when you, you go there fairly late in the game and uh you have to spring someone from the prison camp in the yard out front of notre dame and sean does not like the plan 
There is no way to go through the prison defenses, but we may be able to go over them. I don't like where this is going. There is a Zeppelin fueling station just outside the sewers. If you can get inside, I may be able to arrange transportation. On a fucking Zeppelin? What have you been smoking, Josef? What indeed? <laughs> I didn't think there could be a worse Irish accent than Brad Pitt. Uh, I was wrong. He's... Oh, <laughs> but yes, you 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 ride a zeppelin to uh, one of the towers of Notre Dame. You get out. You you punch out a Nazi guard who's uh, trying to refuel it. And, <gasps> right. Uh, you throw a guy out and say mm-hmm. no ticket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And everybody scrambles to get their tickets you because we bump mm-hmm. to the Blarney Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm also going to add that this is uh, set in a version of World War II that unfolds like World War II in its entirety is uh, well Germany decides to cross the border into France because of a car race gone wrong. And, uh, <laughs> like, their leader is a race car driver. And uh, so they, they invade France, and uh, France is totally unprepared because, as we all know, the French have no army or rich military history. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so it's, it's just an invasion of France, and then they're fighting the resistance with no outside help from the Allies. Uh, that's World War Two, according to the saboteur. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's not the resistance. Wow. La resistance. Yeah, I thought it was la resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the thing that I don't like about this game, especially if we're talking about Notre Dame de Paris, mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's like somebody looked at, like, you know, photographs of it and kind of made their own assumptions because, yeah. like, the, 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 the bell towers light up. Now, those, those slats in there, those are actually closed. Those are for the bells. They don't actually light up like there's I mean, lights going on in there. To be so. fair, uh, <laughs> given that one of the, the games, the game's main cool graphical thing is uh-huh. that... Uh, oh, the black and the, white. Yeah, the, the occupied parts of Paris are black and white because of the Nazis. And when you beat up the Nazis and kick them out of districts, the color comes back. So wow, you Pleasantville the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and and so it it is very <laughs> striking to see those towers lit up in the black and white uh, setting, mm. and and then that those lights go away when when daylight comes back. I see. They, they change colors depending on the event, like they light up for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, the thing I didn't like about this game is it's like the only reference they had for the French Resistance was from the 1984 movie Top Secret, starring Val Kilmer. I, mean, <laughs> I think that was basically that French movie. guy. I, I think I, I would be very surprised if they had hired a historian or really <laughs> attempted, like, this was like, yo, 1940s Paris, they had tits, right? Uh, let's make that the DLC. That's uh, totally <laughs> accurate accents. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah remember the, the titty DLC? <laughs> Yeah, titty DLC, right, like, they will take off tassels. That, that was during a period where uh, publishers were tr- experimenting with ways to stop people from buying games used. So they would include a code with new games. It's like, you have to use this unlock code if you want to see topless dancers. Oh, boy. Wow. And, uh-huh. of course, the publisher in question here was EA. EA, Electronic mm. Arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I think this was like... One of the last games made by Pandemic? It, this was the last game made the by last Pandemic. Game. Oh, yeah. Okay. We already talked about Destroy All Humans a few weeks ago on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was one of... one of Yeah, this was Pandemic's last game. The studio behind uh, Destroy All Humans and Mercenaries and Star Wars Battlefront, the original games. Yeah, and Battlefront 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but... Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it was such a... 
I mean, it's it's so dumb and yet it's fun. Like you you if you listen to the show, you know I love the saboteur. For all the <laughs> the criticism I throw at it, like this is probably one of my all time favorite games. Yeah. And it just like the narrative of like a two fisted Irish race car driver is going to single handedly fight the Nazis out of Paris and bring <laughs> back color like it's a children's book or something. Like I love that so much. And and just the the ridiculous modifications that the Nazis put on the buildings, like when you get to to Notre Dame in this uh, this prison break mission, like what you called the panic balconies earlier. There's like a bunch of metal stairways going up between the two towers now, right? Uh, to to accommodate the uh, the airship, refueling. right? And in German, they call them the Schlugen Paniken Flugendingen. <laughs> sure, I'll believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do love that game designers, whenever Germany allegedly takes over a place in the world, they just make it so outlandish. It's like, what do they think of Germans? This happens in the Wolfenstein games or the recent Wolfenstein games, which reimagine America as being taken over by Nazi yeah. Germany. It's well, just like- I, I also remember, like, I, I don't want to say too much behind the scenes, but uh, when this game was being shown to press, the, the PR rep that was managing it was German. And I oh was I kind of wanted to ask, like, what? <laughs> What is this like? First of all, I yeah. apologize. <laughs> would you we have DLC coming all throughout the season? Would you have called him a saboteur? <laughs> <laughs> Herb, but now did you spill? I did. I spilled beer on myself. Uh, shit. Yeah, the joke was things. that good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sean, what do you, what do you what do you think of this game? It smells like I'm climbing up a Frenchman's arse. All right, great. <laughs> arse, 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 arse. arse. You never know unless you try, Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try. Get <laughs> attitude. Get attitude. Get it on. It's how Ant Man's going to save everybody. Uh, yep. Chuck Tingle wrote a wrote a tingler about it. Uh, yeah. Really? I was. Is it like? Man, I thought I was. Ant guy shrinks down and crawls up Thamos's butt, then gets big and hard. I think was the title. <laughs> it's just come on. That's to the be cover expected. art is like a purple bodybuilder with a T Rex head. <laughs> I just saw like a um, a Paul Rudd Snapchat that was like feeling kind of cute, thinking about crawling up Thanos' ass and expanding later. <laughs> do a Shane Sung in Mortal Kombat 2, man. Do it. <laughs> I see you've all seen the leaked footage. <laughs> Emphasis on leak. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but yeah, Saboteur, great game. Kind of subpar version of Notre Dame. Not even like... I, I was exploring it earlier. It's like, yeah, they got the scale pretty good, but then like you, you get up to the the panic balcony, and there's like, what's the key thing that's missing here? There's no gargoyles. There's not even really a balcony, uh, and and like, and, and none of them sound like they were on Seinfeld. No, no, <laughs> absolutely there's no thirteen year old boy clinging to a wall. Yeah, right. I know. I, I expect this to accurately reflect my adolescence. Uh, <laughs> Which, by the way, there's no way you have Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop distance. No, right? absolutely no way. Okay, that is the most horrific playable Notre mm. Dame ever. Uh, man, is it confusing! Um, but I, I did want to say, like, there there is like one gargoyle down at the very corner who looks like something like a something rejected from a Legacy of Kane game, like just this <laughs> hunching homunculus thing, and uh, it's just this is sad. This is a sad effort. There's not even a texture on this thing. Anyway, let's move on to number three, a game that is not on here. Your name? I'm Sora. <laughs> Such disgusting attire. I know what you are. 
a child prostitute. <laughs> you just told no. me this wasn't in here, man. <laughs> it's la cité oh, de cloche. I may yes. have lied. No, actually, that's not what Dom Frollo thinks Sora is. He thinks Sora is a gypsy witch. Yes. <laughs> so Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance has a, a scenario in it, uh, Le Cité des the Cloche. Cloche. So he lives from Texas. He knows all this. That's true. <laughs> Texans and the French, natural allies. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us about this, Chris. <laughs> oh, I, I just played it for the first time, uh, gearing up for Kingdom Hearts 3, and it just... Your typical Kingdom Hearts level. It's convoluted. It's stupid. You walk through invisible portals instead of like using stairs and mm-hmm. ladders, and you just kind of have to memorize where all this samey shit is. And I think it it does a disservice more than anything to, to the I don't know, to the structure itself because it's just it's all very samey. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, and especially not, the interior of Notre Dame. I it's mean, like, yeah, they they do a fairly good job like mapping out the interior of Notre Dame. Like this looks like it should. It, and they got the tiled floor it's, down. Everybody very, gets that tiled yeah, floor down. Yeah, it's true. It's very it's like sparse. When you, get, when you get on the roof and you're around the spires, like why am I lost? How did yeah. you make a roof of a building that's in, that's possible to get lost on? It's, yeah, it's not that big a building. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, it's it's kind of incredible. And then, of course, you have to go up and down like 90 times with different characters, and it's <laughs> excruciating. Uh, do you have to do it with one of these characters? Looks like Quasi's going to be just fine. Indisputably. He's tough. We may be hard as stone, but Quasi's stronger. I know. Whoa! Talking gargoyles? Excuse us for having personality. And being the That's worst the thing about the thing movie. I've seen in 10 years worth of games. God, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so astonishing that the new game is not as terrible as this. <laughs> this is so bad. It's so bad. It's is... so bad. But, but a, a pretty decent use of the Notre Dame pro- property from yeah. Disney. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I mean, anything that recreates uh, this scene is probably okay in my book. And he shall smite the wicked and plunge them into the fiery pit forever! I mean, that sounds very interesting, just audio. Yeah, it's it's. No, I actually really really like that part because this is one of the darker Disney movies, and the, the really level is. sort of reflects that. I mean, I, I think the only the boss stri- battle, does. the only strike against the, its recreation of that scene is that it's not Tony J uh, doing the voice because I think he had died by He's this dead. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it's, a, it's a decent sound to like. It's a good time to bring up that Disney is donating five million dollars to the reconstruction wow. of Notre Dame. Yeah, good mm-hmm. on Disney. I mean, all Come on. Money. They have all the money in the world <laughs> yeah, right that's, now. That's like one minute's profit for them. <laughs> um, uh, what, yeah, what was that? The Avengers Endgame uh, promotional cell phone case budget? <laughs> <laughs> and um, if, if you... Uh, well, not to downplay that, but if you are looking for an alternative to Disney's Hunchback, may I suggest the fine Dingo Films version? Holy Mary! I don't know much about children, but I am sure that it's a sin to look upon this child. This, my dear sister, is no child but a misshapen ape. It is a horror to behold. It can't be Christian. It should be thrown 
into the fire, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> right, you are, sister. It belongs in a great big fire. What are you so excited about? Make way. What the fuck? <laughs> is this is so, this the Milo wow. and Otis sequel? I never I never so saw. So you have done yourself. George R. Everything. Martin last week was great. By the way, I love his uh, the, the books. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Throw him into the fire, Michael. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He, he's the books of the uh, fire and ice. So Dingo Pictures. If you're listening to this, there's good odds that you've probably seen something of theirs they did uh animal soccer they oh i did yeah um they for a while they they had a business in basically doing knockoffs of disney movies of public domain properties i I think i've seen the snow white knockoff yeah probably and they're they're all just horribly animated from like it seems to be pre-existing assets by many different artists uh and they they have like maybe two or three voice actors for the whole thing tops. Right. Their business strategy is trying to play upon people's naivete yes. and ability to not recognize they're not actually buying like the version of Hunchback yeah. of Notre Dame they think they are. Right? And, oh. and the weird thing is like they they would sell these as PS2 games. Mm-hmm. So you would have like you know a, a sliding block puzzle or something like that like not not sliding block sliding tile puzzles oh to make a picture and then you'd like get see get to see the next clip of their horrible movie i think these were dutch um <laughs> oh, i i, I ran into these and assumed australian yeah, yeah I, I ran into the people who were selling these once at e3 and it just i was so flabbergasted they they were calling themselves phoenix mega games at the time and they were like <laughs> way down in kentia hall back when that was of still course. a thing yes. And it's just like, how do you even enter the country without a savage beating from customs? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like they have like. Why down- would you show your face next to any of these products? Yeah, exactly. Why? Why are you proud of this? Like, you have a movie or a a quote unquote game called Dalmatians Three. Uh, <laughs> it's the unofficial sequel to 102 Dalmatians. Uh, or, or Mighty Mulan. That seems a little on the nose. Yeah. Anyway, Wait, was Milan a real person? Uh, I don't know. Legendarily, uh, I think okay. it was based on someone real. Yeah. Hmm. Did she? Did she have a talking dragon with the voice of Eddie Murphy? It was a legend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was been. foul. That was the times <laughs> times of long ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to say one thing about uh, Dream Drop here, though, is Please. that uh, you know. It always cracked me up with that scene because it's you know that famous empty cities of uh, of Kingdom Hearts. So you know at the beginning yep. there, Judge Frollo and Sora they're passing like this is like some kind of crowded thing, but no, they're like basically about to bump into each other. It's like oh, yeah. I've never seen you, and <laughs> even like- though they're the only people out on the street. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and and just the nature of the level structure, it looks like there's a giant. Uh, a city-shaped fence around Notre Dame yes. in lieu of like real, like actually modeling a city. Yes. <laughs> but I, I think, and, that- and, I, and I am looking at the IMDb. I did not know. You know who they got instead of Kevin Klein? Who to play Phoebus? Phil Lamar. Really? I, I cannot believe they were sound alike. That guy's yeah. in everything. No, no. Mad TV's um, Phil Lamar. So underrated. Yeah, I love Phil Lamar. Yeah, yeah. Great. He, uh, oh, he, he sells it in Pulp Fiction, man. Oh, that's Thank right. You, Marvin. Shit. Yeah. Thank you for your sacrifice. Oh man. Um but yeah, they, 
But I, I, this this game in particular, though, it is like it is mining the depths of very risky Disney IP. Yeah. Things that you wouldn't re- want to see in a press release in 2019 or 2020. Yeah. Like we've got all your favorite Disney films: Pinocchio, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Tron Legacy. None of the voice actors are here. Don't ask. <laughs> yeah. Because Hunchback was sort of the very tail end of, I think it's referred to as the Silver Age of yes. Disney, when it was mm-hmm. the late 80s, early 90s stuff. Like, yeah. Hunchback was kind of the last the, the one. The period that began with Little Mermaid. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that was when Correct. it started getting yeah. weird, because you had, you know, these sequences of this judge is like, really turned on by that gypsy woman. And it was mm-hmm. like, I even as a kid, I remember being like, hmm, this is kind of, yeah. <laughs> Yet they, they asked the audience <laughs> to accept Quasimodo is too ugly to get the girl in the end. He understands that in the show. So should you. Mm-hmm. But he gets self-esteem mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the I'm book where sure he how. just dies. I'm not sure how a guy run away with a girl he loves. Uh-huh. Well, in the, in the book, she, she dies and uh, he yes. throws his, his uh, adoptive father off the church and then his body is just discovered centuries later. Yep. Look, man, I'll never need books as long as I have Disney. Mm. Especially now. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. But I, I put this high on the list because uh, unlike the previous two, like this actually models the interior of Notre Dame, gives you a chance to kind of explore it a little bit more, not just as a, a landmark, a piece of geometry that you can climb or fly around. Um well, it's kind of bare bones inside, honestly. Like everything else, uh, they do have a beautiful display of the rose window falling down on the tile oh, in, in the in the church in this in this sequence. And I always thought that was pretty. Mm. Uh, but if you if you want a more detailed view of the interior, number two. <laughs> well, hello, Domino. Gildenstern. <gasps> Michelle, Notre Dame is that temple by the square, right? Sure, that temple. Yeah, that yeah. What? What? what this sounds like it's some little like corner store church or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Is this uh, Onimusha three? This is Onimusha three. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but this this was very much like. You remember that period of, like, the PS2 where it's like, we can make games that are like movies, and we're going to, like, model all the actors' faces in Lord of the Rings. And uh, so Onimusha 3 was, like, this big prestige project with, like, photorealistic opening CG animation. It had... uh, I think the series had always had, like, the faces of Japanese actors as the, the main yeah, characters. Yeah, the, the lead was a famous Japanese yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. Not famous in the U.S., so I, I never bothered to learn his name. But, uh, but still, we'll prevent you from getting older games. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this one introduced a second playable character played by Jean Renault. Jean Renault. Yes. Who, uh, weird... Godzilla's Jean Renault. Yes. That's how he's the most famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, French kisses, Jean Reno, my friend. Please, uh, please give oh, him the respect yes, he's due. Yes, I always thought the bad movie. It's Ronin's <laughs> it's not bad Jean uh, uh But of course, we mean Leon the Professional. Yes, that movie rules. Yes, of course. Yes, it does. Um, but interestingly, even though he'd already been in a bunch of Hollywood movies, as far as I'm aware, he only did his lines in French for this. Si, il faut partir. No, laisse-moi. Attends, Jacques. Mais non, non, je vais pas te laisser là. Accroche-toi. Allez, viens. Viens. Ah. 
in mail. I'll call him. He said shit. <laughs> he did. That's, that's uh, woo woo. Him after falling through a portal with his uh, dying friend, he's like, "No, no, you're fine. We will get help." And yes. yeah, yeah, leave me. And um, so that's his his voice in French that you just heard. Uh, they got someone else to uh, dub his English lines for some reason. You're human, aren't you? Why do you serve that monster? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just picture that coming out of the face of Jean Reno yeah. with, with those like I know something that like eyes. most uh, most Westerners have a context of his voice. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what and you the paid deal him. Is with even this. even if you didn't have a context of his voice, just looking at his face, that is not the voice you would put to that face at oh. all. Mm-mm. You, you look at that. Oh you look God. at his face and you go, "Oh, that's a guy who sounds like he smokes two packs of cigarettes every day." <laughs> mm. exactly right. It's like yeah, he either sleeps two hours a night or twenty hours a night. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I just, I would really love to know what happened there because, like, you, you couldn't even find a guy who sounded like Jean Reno looks like. My guess is one of two things, or probably both things. One, he had a very tight schedule and only a mm-hmm. certain amount of time to record all those lines. Two. It costs extra to do twice as many lines, and they probably could only pay for one language. Well, the thing wow. is, he it, it, it's not two different language tracks. He speaks in French when he is first introduced, and then when he meets Samanosuke, they both start speaking English. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and then he speaks English until, I think, the, the end of the game again when he's back in modern-day Paris. But whenever he's in ancient Japan, he speaks in... What's supposed to be originally Japanese and becomes English for us. Ugh, so that uh, yeah, a weird choice. Yeah, then. it was it was a really weird choice. It was a really weird game, but its version of Notre Dame, uh, you go to and uh, it's full of monsters, but it is a pretty accurate rendering of the interior with all the alcoves in the sides. Mm-hmm. You've got the the altar and the pulpit um, at the the back of the building after you enter the. You do get the front, the facade. I mean, just mm-hmm. the just the lower half, but it's enough yeah, to have just the details. The doors. Yeah, but yeah, and but and it's all done with like photographic detail. Like mm-hmm. they they really, again, this was a prestige project. They really put a lot of uh, effort into getting things right. Um, and there's a bunch of other Paris landmarks you visit. The Arc de Triomphe um, is one. I think the Eiffel Tower also. But uh, yeah, this is full of. Uh, a lot more monsters in bamboo hats than typically reside in Notre Dame. Uh, you you fight them and uh, you have to go into the basement, uh, which the much, basement in the element. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same place in real life, but here, uh, if you touch one of the carvings on the side of the altar, it uh, raises up and reveals a secret door that leads into like an H.R. Giger designed catacomb filled with demons, and that's where you find your nemesis. Gildenstern. Well, this is the interesting thing I told you about. <laughs> I'm researching time folds. Time folds? If my work is successful, it will be possible to freely move across time. Then I can bring Nobunaga along with a swarm of Genma here to destroy all the worthless human vermin. And the game will control this world! Quiet! It will not be so! You heard the man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, nothing is better positioned to conquer the modern world than uh, a med- medieval Japanese warlord who's 
become some sort of demon, apparently. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who, who possesses other people's bodies to go fulfill his destiny and sure. finish the work he started sure. in all of those video games that we all must have played as a child those Nobunaga's Ambition games yep, yep. Yeah, oh yeah. there was like 45 of those games Nobunaga's Ambition is limitless you can tell by how many games there are <laughs> <laughs> just, just has Koei or, or is, it, it can't or is be that contained. one Atlas like, never no remember. that was Koei that was Koei Techno yeah it was like the beginning of their whole strategy empire mm-hmm. strategy empire hey there you go yeah yeah strategy that empire works. that's a great series I, I love all 47 volumes um, <laughs> why did they choose Gildenstern as the enemy? all I can think of is Hamlet yeah, so, Rosencrantz yeah. so, so, so all of the uh demons in uh, Onimusha have like vaguely European slash Shakespearean names mm-hmm. uh, probably because they're supposed to be stand-ins for European invaders uh-huh. um, but like yeah you, you meet other ones that are named like Fortinbras or Gogandantes who's like <laughs> Gogandantes the really full of himself demon swordsman who always yells his name like Gogandantes <laughs> He's great. My like Inferno is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of one of those like recurring rivals that's like, okay, you're a bad guy, but I really like you. You're silly. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, a bunch of things like that. Onimusha was a weird series, and um, you can play it because it was just re-released. That's true. You can you can replay the Wait, original one. One of the games. Mm. Yeah, just the first one. Um, there were four, not counting the was remake. This one, of the did this first one, one not leave Steam? Uh, I don't know that it ever was on Steam. I'm not sure. I thought this one made it to Steam somehow. Could be. Well, could look it up. I'm double checking. All right. Uh, any, anyone have anything else to say about this before we move Hell on? Hell no. It's an Onimushi game. Right. I, was, I will say, it's kind of cool that, you know, even though there is no basement underneath the thing mm. that we know about, mm. uh, what we do know about is there is, like, old, they found, like, old altars for, like, the Jupiter uh, from dating from the Roman period, underneath mm-hmm. of there, so you right. know there is a little bit of that to there, and so and and Paris does actually have catacombs with all yeah, those skulls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's the, just the not history under of those there. is actually really fascinating. It is it, where <laughs> disease was basically overrunning the city because all of the um, the corpses were kind of rising out of the graveyards, not like supernaturally rising out of it, but you yeah. know just like the land was changing, and so it was the was it the king at the time life who basically ordered them to hollow out. Mm-hmm. Underneath Paris, because Paris is well, built on limestone. Those were old mines. Yeah, they're old mines, yeah. And mines. they were they were collapsing. And Paris is kind of always in danger of collapse yeah, because of all these. It's old built mines. on like the, yes. yeah these limestone mines. Mm-hmm. And so they said, well, limestone is also kind of naturally not a disinfectant, but it, it kills things, right? Mm-hmm. And so they said, well, this is a great place to store all of these these corpses. And so they put them down there and somehow commissioned artists to create like these really elaborate sculptures yes. using using bones mm. and skeletons. And it's it's not as creepy as you think when you're there. Like you, you It's you, kinda beautiful. Yeah, it's it's actually it's very surreal and you 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 don't really realize you're like I am within inches of a human skull right now because it is so artfully mm-hmm. crafted. You're like, there's one of these in my head <laughs> yes, right now. This is true. But in places, it does kind of look like what you see in Onimusha, just not yeah. as yeah, demon yeah. gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it does. It looks like something out of like a, a, a Devil May Cry yes. level or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the centerpiece. I charge you to go to Notre Dame de Paris. And to find there the Templar agent, Charles-Gabriel Siver. You will learn his secrets, and when you have done so, 
you will bring him peace in accordance with our tenets. By that, I mean stab him through the wall of a confessional. <laughs> oh, God, what happened to that guy's face? <laughs> yeah, this is AC Unity, which you can get for free right now uh, on, mm-hmm. on Uplay on PC. Show. For a week. And um, yeah, if, if you if you have downloaded this on Friday, it's still up for you know several more days. So you can you know, run out and grab it at your leisure, but uh, do so soon. Uh, it has been through years of uh, updates and tweaks and fixes. Uh, it is... Uh, very playable and very stable, and uh, you know if you if you want to see a one to one recreation of France as it was in the 18th century at the height of the Revolution, this is a great place to explore. Oh. Yeah, this was this was the AC that the big feature at the time was co op, right? Like that's what they were yes. touting is you can play with the other assassins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and full disclosure, I was working at Ubisoft at the time when this came out, so this mm-hmm. was sort of yeah right in my wheelhouse there. Um, yeah, it's it's a very faithful reproduction of Notre Dame. Uh, in fact, there's an article by oh, it's a person by the name of Arnie Luis. Does that ring any bells, folks? <laughs> oh, oh, Anne Lewis. Anne Lewis. Anne yeah. Lewis, co-founder oh. of the show. Yeah, where um, it's this article's been making the rounds, uh, and it's I think we hinted at one of the news items is. One of the ways they may help reconstruct Notre Dame is through all of the work that was put into recreating Notre Dame for this game because it was a very faithful reproduction of the cathedral, like almost down to the brick, you know. And Mm -hmm. oddly enough, the designer, the level designer uh, who Anne interviewed had never actually been there in person. Everything she was operating off of was based on like photos she had seen. I think... By the time Anne interviewed her, she had eventually been probably to meet with execs there in Paris at Ubisoft Corporate or or just on press tours or something. Um, and so she finally got to see it in person. But what's interesting is she talks about how it is a faithful recreation of Notre Dame, but perhaps not faithful to Notre Dame of the time that this game takes yeah. place. Mm. Because for gameplay purposes, they had to make certain modifications to make Notre Dame fun to crawl around in as an assassin. For example, you might need to string some urns between some of the rafters inside the cathedral so that you can get the drop on on enemies from above, or you might need to put little extra cracks or, you know, footholds so that you can climb, or you need to put a giant spire at the top so that you have something to do your leap of faith into a bale of hay down below. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still do it off of uh, one of the towers. I think the sink point is actually on. Yeah, one the of sink tower is on one of the yeah. big towers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's an exhaustive recreation, and to the like the detail. I was I was crawling around on it last night is very impressive. Like, you go to where that spire is, like the one that fell, but that uh, the flesh, I think was they call it the arrow. The arrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was it was added in 1850, mm-hmm. as you said. Uh, so it's a little bit anachronistic that it's here. But if you look at it, there are kind of the, these statues on very narrow pedestals that are kind of going up at an angle on the roof. And if you look, they, they all have like little metal rods that are bracing them in place. Mm-hmm. And it's like just the fact that you would model that, that the, these things that you would never need in a game but absolutely need in real life, but that are kind of meant to be invisible, is, is impressive. And... I'm also very struck by the sound design oh, yeah. around Notre Dame. So uh, if you haven't seen it, like this version of Notre Dame always has a huge crowd out front because mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a center of the community. And you you go in through the crowd. There are some guards standing around outside. 
And the interior of the cathedral has basically been desecrated by the mob. Like, there are people, like, standing around making out in the alcoves. Uh, I think they're, like, there are uh, alcoves that are, like, supposed to be displaying these priceless artworks. Now, like, the artwork is, like, down on the floor and there's hay and animals. Uh, mm. It's been converted into a livestock pen. Um, but I'm going to play this sound of walking from that crowd into the interior of the cathedral. just love the way that as, as you move deeper into the cathedral mm-hmm. the sound of the crowd fades away and there becomes you can sense like this almost oppressive silence because of the vaulted ceilings you can hear these sound the sounds of people talking echoing that's absolutely true true to real life too with what yeah. happens in in many cathedrals but especially notre dame like yeah when you go in there it it does get muffled at first. It's weird, like, how the church is built um, in that it'll immediately kind of muffle the outside noises. and But then as you get deeper into the church, more toward the altar, it does the sound opens up. And, and it has a different type of echo mm-hmm. that is conducive to things like singing or to things like the organ. Yes. And actually, mm-hmm. that's one of the things, one of the main differences I wanted to point out that I forgot to mention earlier. There were certain things Ubisoft couldn't recreate because they're actually copyrighted. And the organ is really? one of those. Mm-hmm. So they actually had to make changes to the organ because of the copyrights. Huh. Because I'm guessing, that, but the structure itself isn't copyrighted, right? Right. I don't think you can, you can copyright something like an like, exterior. Yeah, an exterior. Yeah. Uh, and I just just to give credit where it's due. So the uh, the senior level artist on the time it was Caroline. I'm probably saying this wrong. It's Muse. It's M I O U S S E. That's that's the the woman that Anne interviewed, mm-hmm. who really kind of recreated this. And and unfortunately, her favorite thing she said, "What's your favorite part of recreating it?" Was the spire, and that's the thing that uh, fell. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It might be a nod to it being an anachronism, but if you climb up on that spire, there will be like little scaffolding uh Mm -hmm. platforms and like you can that are like they have like rags and paint and things like that so it's open flames eh. well i mean i mean when you saw the fire from this week though there was scaffolding there too that's one of the things scaffolding all over the place there's there's always construction going on on a lot of those those Mm -hmm. monuments kind of restoring them i mean you know we live in san francisco they're always working on the golden gate bridge like a lot of these monuments take a lot of upkeep you know yes well, the Golden Gate Bridge, since you bring it up, is uh, I saw a, like a thing on it once saying that like it, it basically is painted nonstop. Like they yes. they mm-hmm. over the course of a year will paint it from one end to the other, and mm-hmm. then they will turn around and repaint it yep. in the other yep. direction. And it has to be constantly repainted because it's constantly yes. being corroded yeah. by the sea yeah. air. That's right. Jesus Christ, that's some real doozer shit. Yeah. You should you know what they should you know what they should have done? I say is the president. <laughs> Use red metal. (laughs) (laughs) Can't they just use stainless steel? Can't they just drop huge truckloads of water on it? Did you see the official response from the French fire department? Yes. They said, do what I do and throw paper towels at it. I just love that they they didn't reference him directly. They said, yeah, we're doing everything we can to fight it, except dumping truckloads of water on it, which would collapse the structure. (laughs) Well, that's like, you know, I mean, people don't realize that. You know, they think it's just like, 
Well, honestly, when people jump from the bridge, you know, the impact yeah. of that water. People water forget water's yeah. really dense and really heavy, man. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, at the, the top of that spire, there is Le Coq, you know, a rooster up Excuse there. Excuse me? And, uh, exactly. But that rooster that had a the part of what was thought to be the part of uh, Jesus' crown when he was crucified, and along with a couple of other relics. Those were in top of a rooster statue at the top of that spire, and there was a big story when that tower collapsed uh the one of the priests ran in there and grabbed it oh he saved wow. it. Oh. he saved it yes because I, I had i had heard a lot of the stuff had been cleaned out because of the reconstruction they were doing with the but construction it had, efforts. this was literally on a rooster statue inside at the top of the spire you could not get to that unless you had all that scaffolding and stuff oh, wow. so that he he ran in there and got that and saved that it had survived the fall all the way down right. to the bottom so that's one of the cool stories that came See, out of it. But I heard like a lot of the statues inside had been cleared out for like, you know, renovations or they were just trying to recreate the saboteur. Well, you know, the you statue know, that was around it, the ones that, you know, Mike was just talking about, you know, that were all around it that you see in the game, those had just been removed last week. That, so, yeah, that's yeah. what they were saying. And, yeah. and so that's awesome. Uh-oh. We sound cool, but I have a fe- I have a feeling that some kind of wiring or something like that associated with that movement was mm-hmm. actually what started the fire. I, I, yeah, there's a lot that can go wrong during construction, and my yes. guess was the construction probably. I'm sure the conspiracy theorists will figure it out. Oh, right. I did say. What something. about Church Seven? <laughs> <laughs> did say something saying that like the roof was made up of uh, every single piece plank was made of a different tree. Was it? Yeah, they called it the forest. The uh, forest. Yeah, it was like 13,000 trees. Yes. And so, yeah, that, that's what they called the roof was the forest. La forest. Wow. wow. I prefer the trees. I just want to say that, you know, talking about Assassin's Creed Unity, when you go to the game in that, I mean, you go out and you see that crowd in front, there are some effers waving around flames and stuff right in front of it. There's a friggin' cannon in the door when you go oh, in. And it really reminds you of just how many opportunities there were for this shit to catch on fire the whole, <laughs> you know, the whole time, the whole period of its existence. And, yeah. you know, the fact, you know, you like you were talking it about took earlier. long. Exactly. So it gives you an idea when there's angry people who are, you know, because, you know, it, it wasn't even serving as a church right at this point. It was like a warehouse. And, you know, mm-hmm. this was the cult of reason during this yeah, period. Right. Yes. And they they had actually melted down the, all the bells um, and used them as cannons oh uh, by this point. Yes. And uh, yeah. so, but the fact that all this was going on and that there never was another fire, you know, like the, this magnitude. And by the way, they had gone in there and they had severed all the heads of the G- Judean king statues. And uh, because that was a symbol of royalty, so there was all this other kind of defacing going on, but nobody burned it. You know. Nope. On that note, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it, it's Notre Dame in Assassin's Creed Unity is also the introduction of an interesting game mechanic that Unity introduced, which is that when you have a major assassination, you will go to that location and you will be presented with a bunch of different possible options for getting in and out and getting to your target and it illustrates them in a brief cutscene you're human aren't you (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) might keep that one in (laughs) no it's this one no targets in reachable out of the way move where the hell was Duchesneau oh can't find a weakness to exploit make one you've secured the cathedral where is she good tell Siva I'll meet him inside opportunities everywhere it's on you to take it you get back 
attack you with my keys! Um, that's showing you different things you can do. Like, okay, there are these soldiers that you can uh, slip past or kill. There's, like, this monk who's been locked out so you can find the ruffians who took his keys and get his keys. And, you know, if you want to score extra karmic points, let him back in. But uh, that's that's one way to get in. I remember engaging with that in Syndicate a lot, where mm-hmm. there'd be three or four ways to yeah, reach your target. I would usually... For some reason, you, you only have to do, like, one, but yeah. I would usually end up doing two or three just while I'm there and then kind of have my choice, like, well, which which do I want to go through with at this point? It's like I've stolen that guy's keys or I've also <laughs> killed this other guy guarding this door. I don't know. I, I have options at this point. I, I always remember it as, like, that scene where you're killing the doctor at Lambeth Hospital by you you take the place of, like, a corpse on a gurney that's being wheeled in <laughs> for an anatomical lecture, and then when he takes the the sheet off of you, you just rise up and stab him <laughs> in front of everybody. As you do. As you do. Uh, but yes, this is a, a painstaking recreation of Notre Dame. It is the closest to the real thing that has been rendered in a game that I'm aware of, and it is just astoundingly big. I think of, of any, if anything conveys the real scale of this building, it's this. Yes. Uh, it does have gargoyles out front although it's it's not quite the same because number one they're all the same gargoyle and uh also there's not really much of a balcony it's it's just sort of like a railing that you can stand on that's very close to the wall but uh it is clearly the panic balcony (laughs) but yeah it's uh it's it's a fantastic thing to explore and it's a rare thrill to do a leap of faith off of one of those really high towers into a hay bale in front of a crowd. And more so than any other thing we've talked about here, it really gives you an idea of the work that went into this during the medieval period and mm-hmm. stuff. You look at those stained glass windows and you look at, you realize that each piece of that was individually shaped and stuff. And you're just looking at one window and then you just look at that entire church and you realize there's so much of it. And it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of staggering to realize the type of work that yeah, went into you, that. You just imagine these medieval stonemasons like putting together this incredibly huge structure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's super striking. And it, it, like every, every stone is rendered and you can just kind of walk up and contemplate these things. Anyway, that about does it for our top five renderings of Notre Dame in-game. So on that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned! Dans le Paris de Notre Dame De Notre Dame de Paris Y'a un clochard en appel d'eau Porter Notre Dame sur son dos Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But we uh, were all ruined by the Leaving Neverland documentary. Hi, I'm Chris, who is with me. I think we should take it off the air. (laughs) Nobody should see it. At its core, what's really disturbing about this is that it is a very typical story of groupies. 
Oh, yes. But everyone is six or seven right. years old. Yeah. Correct. And that's why it's because he made these kids fall in love with them, and then they fall in love, and he finds someone new, and he mm-hmm. fucks around with us. No, but like you're saying, it's I mean, so that, that's what makes it even worse is that he had to jump through the extra hoop of tricking mm-hmm. the kids' families yes. you right. know, in order to, to win their trust. Yeah. And that just yeah. makes it so much more insidious. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back for a fantastic and tragedy-free look at this week's... <laughs> It's still early. We're just getting started. Tragedy. Yeah, I mean, and if I could just know. plug thirty twenty ten real fast, sure. just because like you said, tragedy free. We go into thirty twenty ten. We talk about that. Um, what was it? The, uh, the 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 soccer crushing to death of a hundred people. What? Oh, geez, yeah. Uh, thirty years ago, this week or next week is when a bunch of people were crushed in that stadium in England. Uh, at a soccer game. Dang, this got dark. Mm-hmm. And and it's the twentieth anniversary of Columbine. Yeah. So it's Jesus. and all the movies are terrible. So it sounds was, like an uplifting show. I know there was an episode you wanted to skip, and I don't. I don't recommend it. I, it was interesting talking about something other than bad eighties and nineties movies. But like, man, it, it it was a really depressing show to do. Like I, we were just tragedy wall to wall in every segment while the Notre Dame church is burning. And I hear I, all these horrible tax stories this week's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect yeah. to have heard that in the bumps for uh, for this week's show. No, I don't I don't want to bitch anymore about taxes, oh. but I have never ever suffered a massive tax <laughs> penalty because of a web coding error. Hmm. Well, <laughs> now hopefully you TurboTax will pay for it. All right. First time for everything. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of taxes, I want to talk about something from last week uh, that has nothing to do with taxes, but is Falcon Age, which I didn't get a chance to play, but is a very charming... It's it's a first-person Falconer, an FPF. Uh, you can play it in or out of VR on PS4, and uh, it's you are a prisoner of uh, alien robots who've come in to uh, colonize your planet and uh, use you as cheap labor and with the help of an orphaned falcon hatchling you escape and you go out into the world as a revolutionary to fight robots with an electric prod and your falcon and together you can open up their weak points and smash them Uh, it has that certain I think I, I talked to you about it as like a, a sort of janky simplicity that you get in a lot of 3D <laughs> indie games. That yeah, it, it has a certain that, charm that's your to back it. Back a box uh, quote: mm-hmm. "Janky yeah. simplicity." Michael Raparez, <laughs> VG. The Falcon can do skateboard tricks. Can it? Yes, on your arm. It's well, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen it. Like you, you can uh, hold down a button to comfort it, and so you will alternately pet it or like fist bump it or like put your hands together with its talon to make a little heart. Or you know, things like that, and you can also Bop it, twist it. You can also dress it up in hats and masks and uh, neckerchiefs, and it's great. There, you you start out with like a little falcon chick, but then it grows into a full-grown alien falcon, and uh, but you can put a hat on it that reverts it to its baby, reverts it to its baby form if that's what you want to play. How is it an alien falcon? It has weird plumage around its head. <laughs> it has like big ears, which falcons don't have. Is that powers? Um, no, but you can send it to hunt for rabbits, and uh, when it kills a rabbit, the rabbit will disappear kill in a puff rabbit, of smoke, kill the rabbit. and it will bring you back a little cutlet in the shape of a, like, a, a, 
a rabbit head. It looks like a Playboy bunny logo with just one ear. Oh. It's very cute. That and is a reference that children one or two generations from now will not understand. No, they will not. There will be no more rabbits in one or two generations. <laughs> <laughs> Along with all the insect and other life on this planet. I was going to say, I think the rabbits will be okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, probably. They'll they, probably be fine. They screw like rabbits. I mean, I meant more the Playboy, Playboy bunny. Ah. I, I know, I know. I'm just... Carrying it to a dark and unpleasant extreme. <laughs> That's your brand, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this week, uh, what do we got? Konami Arcade Classics? Yeah, That's this is this one announced a few weeks ago. It's a relatively mm-hmm. recent uh, recent entry. Uh, this is the one that contains um, Haunted Castle, which is Arcade Castlevania, Ugh. Typhoon, uh, Nemesis, a.k.a. Gradius, uh, Vulcan Venture, which is Gradius 2, Life Force, which is Thalamander. Uh, Thundercross, Scramble, and Twinbee! Uh, so those all came out. Hmm. I, it is an exciting week if you're an old-school arcade fan. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs> we will. Oh, boy, will we ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, other, so, so that was on the 13th. On the 16th, we have a couple releases. Michael, you played World War Z. I did. It's fine. So it basically feels like a game in the Left 4 Dead um, Call of Duty Zombies mold where you have uh, a squad of four people who are trying to escape swarming zombie apocalypse. Uh, That's the amazing thing is how many zombies they managed to fit in that swarm. Yeah, and and it it is weird. Like, they, they kind of look really strange when they swarm, which is when, like, a bunch of zombies all sort of move in unison and then they start, like crawling all over each other to like climb walls like yeah, you saw in the movie they do the world of goo thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah basically <laughs> what, a, uh, what a wonderfully perfect description but it it's set in oh. like there are four different episodes set in like new york uh israel uh tokyo and um somewhere else i'm forgetting but why they why each now? have different groups of heroes does it have they like the AI director thing where you, you're replaying a bunch of missions Left 4 Dead style and there it's there's kind of you know Left Left 4 Dead would uh, you, you just replay the same levels over and over and there'd be like slight differences with the enemies and stuff like that uh, if if that's there I haven't seen it um, I, I would actually say uh, what I played was pleasant but very unchallenging because mm. if you're playing solo uh, you're, you you have AI squad mates, and they are all hyper competent. They all know to use silenced weapons if you're fighting just a couple stragglers, so you don't attract the horde. They are very efficient fighters, so you know that's like okay, there's a bunch of zombies coming in on my left that my teammates are focusing on. There's others coming in on the right. I know that I can turn my back to those ones on the left and focus on the right because my teammates will take care of them. Why is that so rare? Like, why is that such... You think by now we would have AI teammates who wouldn't, like, get stuck on walls or (laughs) just, like, one-foot-high curbs that they're trying to go Mm -hmm. up. But, like, the fact that this game has that is, like, shocking to me. Like, competent AI is is sort of a rarity. Yeah, and, I mean, this thing gives out guns like candy, too. So, like, you you start out with just, like, Like a basic... SMG, not quite to that degree. It's, it's like, it's as you progress through the level, you find little drop points that have new guns. And so you like, you can, I'm, I started out with an SMG. Now I can grab like an assault rifle or a combat shotgun. And now I can grab an auto shotgun. And now I can get a missile launcher. And so it's just about like finding these armaments. And, so it's like uh, a Schluter Schleit? Uh, sort of. Uh, really the, the progression isn't in getting loot, but in, uh, 
your your skills in various classes go up uh, at the end of each level. So, like, I think there's there's gunslinger and a few others, like a medic, if you want to diversify, be a team player. Although you don't have to pick a class right off the bat; you can just be survivor with a gun. Am I crazy? What? Where did this come from? Why is there a game based on a 14-year-old book by a 6-year-old film? Uh, it's published by Focus Home Interactive. Uh, it kind of came what? out without much fanfare. Yeah. I'd which is always this. a good sign. I mean, I did I did read a vague detail about a new World War Z movie in development. But, hmm. like, what the hell? Like, this, this, this franchise is dormant. This was announced at a Game Awards. It was either last year or two years ago. And it was mm. this surprise announcement. And, yeah, it was like... This is like four or five years too late for that movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is not bad. And I mean, it's it's cool in, in a world where we don't have a lot of Left 4 Dead style games. But yeah. uh, I do kind of feel like there's probably not a lot that it does that Left 4 Dead and yeah. Call of Duty haven't already done better. Hmm. But it's, it's perfectly cromulent. <laughs> uh, well, I played... Uh, well, an event in an existing game that I did mm. want to talk about very briefly. Sure. So in Destiny 2, they just launched their spring event, The Revelry, mm-hmm. uh, which basically is a reskinned version of the Haunted Forest, which was a reskin of the Infinite Forest. Um, all they've done is they, they've taken their procedure. It's a procedurally generated set of, of levels that you have to fight your way through and try to get to bosses and beat the bosses. And then you get rewarded with some stuff. Ultimately, you're just trying to grind currency with the, the big reward being a new exotic gun. It's fun to have a new event, even if it is, it kind of feels like it's recycling content. Like, yeah, they've put a new skin on that infinite forest, but it's the same thing. The weird thing with the Infinite Forest is, like, you can see them generating the tiles. Like, most procedurally generated games, they do all that in advance. But with the Infinite Forest, like, the next tile literally appears and they, there's a lore reason. It's like, oh, the Vex are constantly creating and wiping things out of existence. And so, yeah, with this one, you can see it happening. They've given it, like, a nice little spring skin where there's beautiful plants all over the thing. But it's just more of that. Um, it's always nice to have a fun PvE event going on that's seasonal. So, hey, why not? Like, you know, I'll, I'll do it and get the cool, neat little gun. But, uh, yeah, it's always nice just to have new content in Destiny 2. Sure. You played another game coming out this week, uh, My Time in Porsche. My Time at Porsche, which uh, came out on PC ages ago, uh, but is officially released. It's it's no longer in Greenlight or whatever. And uh, now on consoles also. And uh, it kind of feels like a Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley-style game, but fully 3D. Like. Yeah. yeah, the characters look like Miis almost, though, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. They're, they're sort of designed the same way. Like, you, you design a custom character to begin with. Uh, there are Minecraft elements in that, like, you remember the dungeon in uh, Stardew Valley where you yes. went down and fought monsters? Yeah. You don't fight monsters, now you mine. Uh, in, in the dungeon, you go into <laughs> ancient ruins and you, you smash away at walls to create tunnels and, uh, you harvest a bunch of, uh, materials. Which you that. also did in Stardew Valley. Like, there yes. was monsters in the mines. Yes. But you, you weren't just like creating tunnels through walls. Which, yeah. which very, you are very gonna... Minecraft. Yes, very Minecrafty. Huh. And then I played another release this week on PC, uh, Anno 1800. Mm. Uh, which, is very good. Full disclosure, I gave you that you code. You gave me a code, and I guess, yeah, I'll say it again. I used to work at Ubisoft. I actually worked on Anno Online, which was the free-to-play browser game version of, of this game. Uh, but this is this is a full, you know, premium PC product. And I didn't know that I would like an economic simulator as much as I like this. Like, I think it, the period helps. It's really cool period. It's very mm-hmm. relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's very... 
if you like games like SimCity, like SimCity, the stuff I don't like is the nitty gritty. Like I have to plan the electric lines and the plumbing of where stuff goes. Like Anno doesn't make you do all that. It's like just build houses for workers. You basically just have to manage like um, production chains. It's like, oh, you need wool to build clothing, to produce clothing for your mm. citizens. You you need fisheries to produce food for your citizens. And and basically the production chains just get more and more complex as you go. The thing that Anno has going for it is eventually you will build ships and then explore other islands and then you can kind of specialize. Remember how the most recent SimCity, they tried to encourage you to like trade with other players and, and your city yes. would never have everything. It was like, no, no, you you should specialize and then trade with other players. In Ano, you get to do that yourself in that you're like, well, this is my island that really specializes in mining and this is my island that, that has these resources. And then you, you can kind of come up with your own trade network and then also you can trade with other players or you can trade with NPCs and just get really rich. It's like if you like a SimCity experience um, hmm. and if you like watching the numbers go up and the numbers always and, go up. And if you like having it be set in that sort of weird Victorian, quasi-Victorian milieu of yes. like, yes. Ah, we're going industrial to, age. Yes, yeah. we're building an industrial society and go out and colonize the world. So the crazy thing about With these our games- gigantic mustaches. Oh, yes. Uh, the crazy thing about the Anno series and, and Settlers, sort of the sister series, same studio at Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft Blue Bite. They are like the two biggest franchises in Germany that like we have never heard about over here in the United States. Um, they are huge anytime one of these games comes out. But they're worth playing. They're worth checking out. If you like Sim games, if you like SimCity, like I said, give it a try. I think... Anno did get a little popularity over here with the the futuristic version that came out. Was it 2070? 2070. 2070. Actually, you know, something interesting about the Anno titles. I I know the factoid. Do you? Yes. You want to say it? Go ahead, Michael. All of those numbers in the years add up to nine. Always. So 1800, 189. Yeah. 2070, 279. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's if you look at the entire franchise, and actually the first three, I think they were all ninety nine years apart. Hmm. Uh, so they kind of like had I a walk pattern. into an episode of Square One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Anno eighteen hundred. Um, it kind of you know for people that have been following the series, I was reading some of the early reviews. They were saying it kind of feels like a best of, like it's a really good refinement of the series. And people didn't know where they were going to take it after 2070 because, uh, you know, you'd gone into the future already. Uh, they didn't know how they could take it back into kind of classic, you know, Victorian era stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it appears they've done so successfully. I'll, I'll tell you right now, as I'm talking to you guys, like it's one of those games that's sort of calling me. It's like, I can't wait to get home and farm some shit you know what i mean it's it's a fucking it's like a german wheat farming simulation and it's still super fun i don't know why Uh, i should say in my time at porsche you can actually farm for shit okay you can go out into the field and pick up animal feces and then run around with it held up over your head just like mad max perfect (laughs) perfect yep yep, exactly anyway so yeah on 1800 very very good uh sim game check it out and again i got a code and Michael worked mm-hmm. for UB. I used to work for UB, yeah. so full disclosure there. On 418, uh, Cuphead is coming to Switch. Little, little indie game you might have heard of. <laughs> That's a good fit for Switch. It's totally it really awesome. is. Yeah. I mean, just the, the art the art they made to promote it alone makes me super mm. happy. Yeah. God damn, I like Cuphead. Never finished it. Not even close. Really? No. Same. I finished it. What? Yeah, I finished it. I, finished I got it. hung up on that dragon. Uh, uh, I did too. And like a Sekiro boss, you just have to kind of know the patterns and um, takes takes you a while. Like, if you don't like sitting there and banging your head against the thing for two to three hours, 
you probably aren't going to get past certain bosses in that game. But once you do, you only need to clear it once. That's all it takes. And then you can be done with it forever. You don't need to go back. But it, mm. it is also one of those things where you will get a little bit of mastery. And so something that seemed very, very difficult your first one or two times beating it, eventually you'll you'll just be able to do it in your sleep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good game. And if you haven't checked it out, I feel like the Switch would be a good way to experience that game. And take taking that game on the go, that'd be really awesome. Hmm. By the go, you mean the toilet. Yes, of course. That's yeah, what all I mean. right. Excellent. Last release on 418, uh, Katana Zero is coming from Devolver Digital. Very much a Devolver that sounds like platformer. A Devolver. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we I, have nothing to say about it because we haven't played it yet. No, so. I did read something. I played it. That it's like, oh, on the one hand, it's like this uh, side-scrolling adventure with the katana, but on the other hand, you're trying to... You have to figure out what your therapist is hiding from you. What? Uh, that sounds like a Devolver game, all right. Yep. Chris, did you say you played it? I, I just wanted people to pay attention to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always pay attention to you, Chris. Boo! All right. Well, let's move along to... The PlayStation 5 oh God. is right, a real right, no, thing. The bigger yep. news was the appearance of Sweet Tooth at the end of the Rise of the Skywalker trailer. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No one's going to get that joke, but Emperor Palpatine's laugh sounded a lot ah, like yeah. Sweet Tooth. Oh, oh, nice. but, but yes, the real news of PS5. PS5. This is a weird... Way yeah. to talk what about a weird this. way to reveal it. Yeah, it, my, it was my a understanding exclusive. is that uh, Wired had the info through a leak, and uh, Sony just decided, uh, you know what, sense. let's just do this right. Yeah, and they got him in a room with Mark huh. Cerny, who basically mm-hmm. just showed them everything. And um, yeah, so PlayStation Five is coming. They did not give any dates, but most people are thinking this will be a 2020 yeah. release. Um, mm-hmm. And Sony will most likely be showing this at E3 at. Well, they're not going to be at E3. It's whatever they're doing. Their little, like, Nintendo Direct, Sony Direct. Yeah, I was going to say so much for we don't have anything big to show at E3 this year. Yeah, well, that's kind of a big thing. I thought the article said they weren't going to talk about it at E3. Uh, I mean, I don't know. At this point, once you've gotten out there and confirmed all the things... They've said that they're not going to be at E3. Yeah, they're not. No, no, yeah, but they're doing their little Direct thing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so Mark Sony did show off the console. uh, You know, when I was kind of reading all the specs and everything, what this very much comes across to me is... It's just an ultra-powerful PS4. It's yeah. like... it's like. Well, he, I mean, he made a, a very clear point of saying this is not just another hardware exactly. upgrade. Um, like, the things that they talk about in that article are like, you know... Let's, ray tracing. Well, like, yeah, yes. ray tracing is a big Detective deal. Detective ray tracing. And the fact that he's talking about... Well, like, ray tracing, that it's just like... Okay, you can make light behave in a realistic way. You can make real reflections instead of, like, redrawing the scene... Uh, through uh, Looking Glass, and and it's it's also he talks about the audio applications. That was nuts. No one's talked about game audio in fucking years. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and saying true. that like this will be uh, like we we haven't really updated the audio of games since the PlayStation Three era. It really should have been overhauled and surround sound through normal TV speakers. He's talking about and like headphones will be like a ridiculous like directional thing, like which. To be fair, like stereo headphones are already great for getting directional sound in video games. I rely on that for survival in 
lot yeah, of games. Yeah, I mean, for a guy who, you know, I loved setting up like the full-on 5.1 surround systems back in the 360 generation, it almost felt like this generation did take a step back in that regard and mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, more people were, were interested in simulating 3D sound through stereo. And it would sometimes work better than others. I, I personally have never found 3D sound to work in uh, a surround sound setting. And I, I can't explain to you why. I wish I had a more a, a better diagnosis. But, like, I yeah, I used to play all first-person shooters with 3D stereo 5.1 headsets. That's amazing. Yeah. And you can tell where every footstep is coming from. Right. I've never been able to recreate that in, in the living room. No, especially not coming out of TV speakers. You know, yeah. like it, 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 no, I have a 5.1 surround sound. It, 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 I just it doesn't it doesn't connect it doesn't it doesn't do the same thing. You'd have right. to calibrate your speakers to every game, and uh, I I just never had that experience yeah. recreated in a living room setting. But like some of the things that he was talking about that were especially striking was like the the Spider Man demo. So I was like, so, okay, here's the SSD. Here's oh what God. it's yeah we're gonna have an SSD in it uh, that's gonna be super fast. And like here's what it's like to fast travel in Spider Man for PS4 currently. Yes, and it's like takes about 15 seconds with the right. subway interstitial. And uh, with the, the PS5 hardware, it's like less than a second. But the problem was that was a really crappy game to illustrate that with because in Spider-Man, those little cut scene, those loading those screens. Are the best. Like, yeah, they're the best. The subway scenes yeah. are the best. They should have mm-hmm. used a different game but because I, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but I will, I will actually disagree with if he's saying this is not about the hardware because everything he showed off, yes, granted the hardware can do a lot more. But it was all hardware related. It was They're all basically hardware. showing it's a it's a super upgraded CPU, it's a super upgraded GPU, both by AMD, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. running on the Ryzen architecture. Well, or I, I, but I think the point that they're making is not. Is that like this is not just going to be the PS4 Pro 2? No, right. I mean, it is. It's a it's a significant step forward in hardware. But mm-hmm. the point I was making is their play. I think their position this generation is we are going to give you more of what you're used to. Just at it, it a super powerful level. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I hear that every time there's a new shift in hardware, and that that never that is, is the, the case PS4. for more than a couple of years. Well, especially since they're basically PCs now. I mean, that's basically what we can expect. Is mm-hmm. you know, you you can look at them all that way as this type of upgrade because it's basically becoming a, a more or less modern PC, and it'll yeah. be out of date in a couple of years. And- in that sense, in that sense, the PS4 backwards compatibility was, while not in any way innovative, is like, oh, thank you, that's yes. great, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but so everything he's talking about though is like you know you're on the a- a- AMD. It's the Navi chip is the GPU, and then the Ryzen is the is the CPU. Mm-hmm. So it'll be much faster. Like the one of the knocks against this generation of consoles is that the the CPUs were almost running on like mobile CPUs. Yes. Like they were very underpowered even at the mm. time when they announced them. And so this is taking you a few years at least in it. You know. A step ahead but like we we all know like pcs will catch up and quickly surpass this one to two years you yeah know. but for like 10 times the price the two, the two yeah exactly like remember remember leaner on here you can't recreate that at a at the same budget yeah. and, and the two big takeaways for me I, well one I, the, using the spider-man demo i love that he explained that like we can't make spider-man move faster because the hardware can't redraw the new york environment fast enough mm-hmm. if spider-man is moving this fast to the environment now we can so, yeah. like, the next game, Spider-Man, that, when we played Spider-Man, that's as fast as the hardware would allow him to move. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. crazy. Well, I think mm-hmm. I think the thing he's talking about there, and, yeah, the most exciting thing to me was the SSD stuff, which SSD tech is not yes. new. SSD yes. tech has been around. It's not, but they, they have, like, what the, the stats they gave on loading Spider-Man is not something right. current SSD commercial 
hardware is capable of. Well, yeah, it's it's a super powerful SSD drive, but also the thing with SSD is it's always limited by the input-output stack, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. what he's showing off is that's what they're focusing on improving so that the, the speed of the data it can read and write to that drive mm-hmm. is much faster than it's ever been, which doesn't – that sounds great for things like loading times, right? Mm-hmm. But what he's actually saying is, no, if we get it fast enough – Games can stream this stuff off the hard drive sort of in real time, and you actually can do much more theoretically with mm-hmm. the games themselves. Like it's it's a whole new way of developing for games because, you know, the way games are developed right now is you will typically load a lot of stuff from levels into memory, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, okay, this is in some kind of virtual memory that we can access in a quicker way. But if you're able to stream that stuff off the hard drive itself in a, in, in a fast manner, yeah, there is a lot more you can do with the game. Now, the limiting factor, though will be what it always is which is the lowest common denominator factor yeah. so so it, it mm. that's great if they can do this but like if the xbox isn't going to do this and people are developing for multiple platforms well mm. if, other than first party titles who would take advantage of that that's exactly what i thought of the the idea that like every until the switch every year nintendo puts out some weird thing and like figure it out everyone the, the op- options are limitless with these wii remotes and this the second screen and no one figured bothers to figure it out yeah, yeah. Yeah. No one, no one finds a way to utilize this that makes game feel feel games feel newer or better. Yeah. Um. So that that did I did find that a little troubling, but it's not like I'm not going to get a PS5. Speaking in praise of that, you know, I I normally, you know, as a MacWorld editor, I normally keep my PC around. It's a pretty good PC. I normally keep my PC around to play games. That's the sole reason I keep it. I mean, I prefer working on Mac OS and everything else. That's Same. The sole reason is yeah, but. This is a good enough machine <laughs> that if I did not, you know, also work with PC World and stuff, I would probably be okay getting rid of my PC and just sticking with my MacBook yeah. because that's th- a pretty good. This is sounding like it's it's tolerable. Like mm-hmm. I can, I, I would be happy with that, and I, I'll say that. Yeah, I just don't. I, I like, but I also can't. The things I'm like, well, how is this going to improve games for this next generation? Like, I can't think of how the PS4 improved games this generation. I really can't. Yeah. Like I, it, but I love this generation of games. Mm, yeah. I do, but I don't. I don't know what innovation the hardware brought to the table. I can't think of a single fucking thing. They're basically just PCs. This, this generation felt more incremental than other generations. Yes. I, I but know. VR will be PSVR will be compatible with this unit, which is wonderful. Yeah, they, they said the existing VR, and then because this thing's more powerful, they're already hinting there will be a more powerful. You can imagine PSVR two uh-huh. will, will be even better running running off this hardware. You know? Good. I'm tired of my Beat Saber sword bending sideways when I'm about to hit that crucial <laughs> note. That's a good point. It, it could really make a difference in because I, I am not really sold on VR, but if yeah. it, with hardware like that, that might do it. Well, right now PSVR needs that little like mini P- PlayStation Four that has to run next to, yeah. next to it. It's like this mm-hmm. other little processor just to give it that extra boost. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah. You who, can is, who is the ad wizard who came up with the word breakout box for like <laughs> this <laughs> universal catch-all term for like, yeah, the thing you're running this on sucks. You have a breakout box. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this this announcement, it's a super FX chip. This announcement was all about the hardware, and I think that's why I'm coming away with it, saying, well. My read on this is Sony saw what worked for them with the PS4, which is, hey, gamers, you like this thing? You like having a a console where you can run the games off of and you were scared by all Microsoft's network talk? We're going to give you more of that, just more powerful. That's what this feels like. The thing is, though, they're not talking about any of the services. So they they could still have a lot of announcements about maybe streaming and all that. Like, they they bought Gaikai. They got streaming solutions. Mm -hmm. So, So that could be what they announce next. But right now, on its surface, this looks like, Cool. This is this is what people are asking for. Like, give me the next generation of consoles. Make it do a lot more. 
This this is exciting stuff. Something yeah. good, just something just occurred to me when you said that that they didn't announce any kind of services and stuff. You know, working in the Apple you know ecosystem, when we get leaks, typically it's hardware stuff. I have a feeling that's what leaked is the hardware specs and stuff, mm-hmm. and so that's why they stuck to that. It was like, well, they don't know what's going on with the software, and that yeah. often happens with Apple too. And so, yeah, if that if that really was the story of what happened with Wired, yeah, that's probably why they stuck to hardware. Yeah. Speaking of hardware announcements, I feel really bad for Microsoft because right when this news hit, uh, that's when they released news of the – I want to make sure I say oh, this correctly because if I slip up, it comes out really badly. Uh, the diskless Xbox One S digital, all-digital version that was rumored we've talked about before on the show. And so that that is a real thing. The Xbox SAD, I believe it, it the acronym comes to. Yes, that's true. Xbox One S all digital. All digital Xbox One sad, yep. Uh, <laughs> I think they're saying this is $250 is, is the price point uh, for this. Uh, Major Nelson claimed it'll always be $50 less than whatever the Xbox One S is. And in this rare case, I applaud the idea of an all digital console. Like These consoles in general, have the, the, disc drive, the optical drives are fucking useless. Mm-hmm. Except for... Microsoft, because the Xbox One S is one of the best media players you can buy. Yeah, it's a 4K Blu-ray player. No, no Sony console is that. It's it's a damn good Blu-ray player. And uh, the idea that the Blu-ray players are over three hundred, 4K Blu-ray players are over three hundred dollars. You should spend the extra fifty to get a disc drive if you're getting an Xbox One S. Isn't it wild that this generation, like disc drives, just became things to read and install games off of and then yep. you don't use them again it- you never use them again and, oh and oh unless you want to re-download them on a new fucking console and no microsoft product allows you to do that stably god damn it mm. uh but yeah it, it I, I i don't know that I'll, I'll ever buy a disc game again i really don't i've had nothing but bad yeah. experience with yeah. this generation like this well it, it is sort of the pain i was like okay so i have to go find this disc and pop it in and i i don't want to downplay like i know we have a bunch of listeners who are very passionate about this issue oh, yes. and are are very attached to physical media. And I get That's it, great. Man. And as long as you're buying it, there I'm sure there will be a market for it. Just us, we are uh, seduced by convenience. That's yes, true. convenience more than collection. I am mm. done with my video game collection. I was done 10 years ago. And I'm getting old. I should be the person that's like, ooh, physical, nah. Not. Come on, fans. Get with, get with the new. Don't be a bunch of disc heads, you know. Just because we're all discless here, <laughs> just you guys got to lighten up. No, it's just, it's 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 too convenient. The preloading and uh, the faster run times and the idea that you get home and you have to spend two hours watching your game get ready. Raise your hand if you've bought a digital version of a game because you were too lazy to find the disc and it was like on sale. <laughs> Michael's raising his I, hand. I, I paid uh, seven bucks Lace for Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I'll assume Chris is raising his hand. Yeah. I, well, for, dude, for movies, I am crazy guilty that I'm like, I'm not going downstairs to look for a movie. <laughs> that is a, but you made a really good point, Chris. That like the the advantage of a disc has kind of worn away because like yeah. if you buy something digitally you can uh, preload it and it'll be yeah. installed and ready by the time you can play it. Whereas yeah, yeah, you buy a disc, you bring it home. Now you have to wait for it to install everything yeah. and and like download patches. And it's really not that much different from the experience of like oh, I want to buy this game now. Digitally, and, and like I, I went as and as I'll be an honest, adult. I think that sucks. Yeah, who was almost forty? I went to the midnight launch of Mario Odyssey because I couldn't imagine just having a Mario game digitally, and was mm-hmm. like, never again. I will never wait in line for two hours to get a physical game. Go home, and that game didn't even have fucking patches and load times. 
In some cases, Never it's again. slower to do the disc thing. Like on PS4, some of those disc installs, for some re- whatever reason, they take forever to read off the disc. Yes. And it's if you have a speedy enough internet connection, it's a, it's it's a, it can be quicker. I think it's it's a drive from what five six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have I have I have a uh, the experience with both PS4 and Xbox. Uh, I both of my units died, and I I want to reinstall this game on my new system that clearly Xbox Live can tell I've owned this game and yes. played it before and the disc is immaculate and it just it fails yeah. it fails and then I can just never play this game again yeah. and there, that will never happen with digital ever yeah. yes. and you, you see so you were making it you, you know you kind of suggested it at an important point when you said the movies earlier and you know I think that was for me personally was you know a stepping stone towards that whole shift because you know that's especially now we have streaming and everything that's like oh well I don't need all these cool disc and everything and you know and these VHS tapes are not going to be you know it's just like I want to watch the Lord of the Rings all of a sudden on the freaking plane oh I got it on my phone heck yeah and so or if I haven't if I don't need to download it there's probably a service I'm subscribed to paying 10 bucks a month for that has that thing for me to stream exactly but it's still it's still I swear it's worth the $50 if like uh I don't know, like what uh, the Lion King came out, came out on 4K Blu-ray. That shit will blow your fucking mind. <laughs> uh, it's a, it looks amazing. Really? So does Wreck It Ralph and shit like that. But the Lion King looks in, like unlike you've ever seen it before. It's an extra fifty dollars to, to future-proof your whole media player. Hmm. Uh, and again, the Xbox One S is one of the best. It is it is the best media player you can buy. Yeah. And online, <laughs> Xbox One S's with disc drives right now are two hundred fifty dollars. Oh. Yeah. So, the SRP of the new all-digital system. And you get the Division. I hope that when the PS5 eventually comes out, if it has uh, a disk drive or other physical media, that it takes advantage of that hard drive and is much, much faster than all the current mm. disk installation options. Yeah. So this is yeah. this is coming May 7th. Chris already mentioned the suggested retail price mm. is 250 bucks. There's also... It, it Black. wasn't accompanying this announcement, but they kind of snuck in another announcement. They also confirmed that uh, Game Pass Ultimate that was rumored, which is a combination of Xbox Gold and the Game Pass, and so that's going to be fifteen dollars a month. Fuckers, and that's that's on the <laughs> monthly rate, you know. And so you God you can imagine if you paid up front, you'll get it for even cheaper. So fifteen bucks a month, you get. You know, basically, it's four free games from Games with Gold, as well as access to that Game Pass library. Like that's that's the steal. That is the that is for me like Microsoft's play for this generation yeah. and for next generation. It's like you have mm. a built-in game library. I spent too long shitting on the all digital. That's a really good deal, and that's a ga- that's a that's a literal game changer. Uh, the all digital, the, the uh, in combined with a Game Pass, that makes it a fucking crazy device. I I do I would not put this past Microsoft to team up with Google to have a Stadia app in their system to make in, in, in an all digital device, and that would how how good would that make Microsoft to stand up against Sony's very same console disc based go buy games at GameStop? No, this has Stadia. This is every game, and then all your old games, and I don't know. Like I think I think that they would be crazy. might but, they they've been receptive to working with other people, but they also have Xtreme. They have their own streaming yeah, thing. That so. would sort of be like if they put Steam on the Xbox One. Like, yeah. wouldn't put it past them. That, they that, put, Halo, I they would. put the Master Chief collection. I mean, they want to keep that money. You've got Microsoft achievements you're earning on the Nintendo Switch, right? So anything's mm. possible. Uh, but no, the system we will all be playing. <laughs> and I don't know why we're talking about this other hardware. We are all about to spend 
Well, it's two hundred sixty euros. Oh, that's going to be way more. That's that's like three hundred dollars yeah. for the Capcom Home Arcade System, which is a giant system in the shape of a Capcom it's logo. So ugly. Oh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I don't know. No, look, look. I I I have positive, many positive and negative experience with Capcom. I don't dislike the look of their logo, and I don't. It's not something I would love having in my house. I, I love their logo. I don't. I don't know if I want to like <laughs> put it on my lap as two joysticks. I, I but I do know people who the two joystick, the sit down, play fighting games like that. That's that used to be how Capcom did tournaments up until like a couple years ago. People sitting Native American style with with things on, with sticks on the floor. Yeah, they'll put them on the floor. They'll put it on like a little table in front of them. I've seen guys do it at work where they'll, they'll just put but it in like it, a But it does make table. that, A, the most specific, the specifically targeted device of all time. It's so Because like yeah. this is not, this does not have broad appeal. And two, having worked there, uh, like <laughs> what, this isn't coming out here, which means a lot of the company does not want anything to do with it. Yeah, that's the thing is it's only been announced for Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and the Middle East and Russia there is no no North American release announced yet. Right now, it is going for two hundred pounds or two hundred and thirty euros, and will be available October twenty fifth in those territories. No word yet of this being ported over to our shores. And, and, and couple that with the, the the news of the games. The, the games on this thing have never been re- some of the games have never been released ever. The most right. sought after arcade yeah, Capcom games of all time. Predator. Yeah. So yeah, look, the the games list on here. That's the thing though. It's two hundred and sixty bucks. It only has 16 games, <laughs> whereas the, the SNES Classic was $80 and has, mm-hmm. what, 21 games? 25. 25 or, no, yeah, maybe 21. But two controllers, just like this yeah. thing. Well, this thing, oh, speaking of controllers, this is more than controllers. This has competition class Sanwa sticks and controls. So this is, yeah. that's what's weird, Chris, is you're talking about for fighting game crowd. I could see this being a thing. Although yeah. then you look at the games they're putting on here. There's only you could have sold it without the games, games, and the fighting yeah. game crowd would have bought the exact same amount. Yeah. For everyone else who wants to play the games on it, like, no, that's too much. Well, because the fighting games they have on here aren't even, like, the versions that fans are playing. So there is Street Fighter 2 of because of fucking course there is, but it's only Hyper Fighting Edition. It's not Super Street Fighter 2, which, yeah. which just seems a so, little odd. I, and it's weird that they're putting that as hype, just Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, which I remember that being called Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yes. Right. Yeah, they were, they were sort of interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah, so so here's but, the game. But I list. mean, that was hyper fighting was the subtitle. It was Street Fighter Two Turbo, Turbo Hyper Fighting. Right. You're right. Yeah. So here's the list. We got 1944, The Loop Master, uh, Alien vs Predator, great. Armored. Amazing. What? I'm just saying, giving the quality of the games that have uh, never been out <laughs> before. You can never play it. It, it. It's it's astonishing how many cool arcade games are on here. I think we thought you were young at your cat. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> Shut up, kitty. This is great. That's my new pet name for you, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Armored Warriors. Capcom Sports Club. Don't know what that is. Captain Commando. So good. Cyberbots. Full Metal Madness. Uh, Here's one I know. Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors. Echo Fighters. Final Fight. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. Giga Wing. Mega Man, the Power Battle. Pro Gear, uh, we mentioned Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, Strider, Arcade Strider, oh my god, that to me was, that is, that's big news. That's big news. Uh, and then Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. And, and Giga Wings is something that was only like ported to Dreamcast, so like it's, it's another first mm. in this mm. weirdo goddamn thing. It's just all so fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> it and, really is. Yeah, it's, and, but <laughs> the weirdest thing though is the look and the size of this monstrosity, because this isn't just like, 
you think like plug-in console, console, you might be thinking like, oh, like the SNES Mini. No, this thing looks to be about like three feet long. It is a giant Capcom yellow, like classic Capcom I mean, logo. Nothing colors. mini about this. Yeah, it's got the classic Capcom like yellow and is it yellow and blue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yellow the and blue with a Corinna Corinna font. I believe it's the Jeopardy font. My favorite, my favorite meme I've seen of this so far is just a picture of Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII with this thing over his shoulder like the Buster Sword. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody on Twitter, somebody on Twitter called it the Homer of mini consoles. Yes, it's the Homer. I think I believe that was Ben Pack from Giant yeah. Bomb. He's like, yeah, this is the Homer, meaning yeah. the car. I, so it, it does use the original. I think you were saying they were CP one and two arcade ROMs, right? Yeah, Michael? that's that's what all these these are. Like I think Strider is CPS one. I want to say, and uh, Street Fighter two obviously is CPS two. Yeah. Yeah. But like we we don't have like Street Fighter three, no JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Darkstalkers three, none of that. Yeah, well there is there is a USB port in the back, um, and it mm. does have. It's so weird. It's in the trailer. It has Wi-Fi functionality, but they specifically that call out neat. it's just for leaderboards. Huh. Yeah. But it's still it's still it's still neat. I mean, it could be used for other things in the future. Because right. my big problem with it is sort of like. There are other games that should be here, so if I could yeah. update whatever this is with new mm. games officially from you, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, that's that could be what that USB port's for, or yeah, if you download them using over Wi-Fi, okay, I, I could see that, you know, but this looks to me like a Raspberry Pi inside a Capcom logo. Like I mean, it, I'm it, sure there's more to it than that, but... Yeah, like, there's to me, I just looked at it like there's one place, there's one place this stick belongs, and that's... In the lobby, untouched of Capcom headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> this shouldn't be in anybody's house. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't buy fighting sticks. You guys might be able to tell me. Like a competition Sanwa stick, it's not cheap, you know. So just no, having, not at all. Especially not, not two. Having having two of those on board is kind of enough to pay for the two hundred dollar price tag itself, isn't it? Probably this is bizarre. This I think that's why I love the the term of Homer the car. It's this. It's. <laughs> It is yeah. technically saving the consumer money. I have no idea how much it's going to cost Capcom because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and it's it, it it's un- incapable of reaching a wide audience in selling out. Yeah. I think it was uh, Tim Rogers of Kotaku that I saw talking about it on Twitter, and he's saying like the thing with these like uh, these mini retro devices is they should all have like three times the games that they have on it. And yep. for all of you saying like you can hack it. I shouldn't have to have want to, to hack, hack it. it. God. Yeah. Like, I, I, I should just want to buy this on its own merits without hacking. If you're going to hack it, just buy some ROMs. Yeah. I mean, just download Yeah, I know, but it, there's there. always been hang-ups when it comes to re-releasing old games, especially old Japanese games, especially old Japanese Capcom games. And these, I swear to Christ, there's a part of me that, like, if you gave me this in uh, the beat-em-up brawler set... These are going to be better than half the fucking AAA games that come out this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I would much rather <laughs> have a way to play. All- I, these are immaculate arcade games. I love all of these. I'm so happy to ha- that they're playable again. And I'm a little unhappy by the way they're playable. <laughs> <laughs> and Aliens vs. Predator is so beautifully cheesy. It's about two human mm. space marines who team up with Predators to wipe out an infestation of xenomorphs. Hell yeah. So wait, it's I'm, not, I'm not fucking around with Captain Commando or Echo Fighters either. Like I, I love all this shit. I, I yeah. love the way it all looks. I don't know if I two hundred dollars plus Australian import fees love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is this is 
I don't know. This is a hilarious glimpse of feel of like old Capcom. <laughs> it does. It, yeah, I thought the same exact thing. I'm like, man, Capcom is on a roll, man. They've got some hit games coming out. You know, it's just like, boom, they just, they just keep coming hit after another. And then it's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take all that money and we're going to fucking put out the Capcom fucking logo console, baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah just from the, the second I saw it, like an exclusive announcement from Capcom UK. Ooh, this can't be good. <laughs> right. That's a bad sign when the North American office is just not. Pass hard pass and release. Even <laughs> Japan, even Japan. I don't know. Is this available in Japan? It does not know. It does not say it's available in Japan. <laughs> That's so strange. And, and it, it just made me think. And I, I don't know any anything about this. I've never talked to anybody about it. I, I do wonder if licensing things for these weirdo retail products is easier than licensing things for certification on Xbox Live, Steam, and PSN. Because mm. was it easier to get AVP on this? fucking toy than it was to get it up. Why can't we buy it now? Maybe it was an easier sell for the uh, who, who owns AVP? Disney! Disney. Disney. Oh shit, oh, you're right! Sure. Yeah. Both. Fuck! AVP and Predator, yeah. Oh, wow! So, so, like, yeah, like, if you've licensed it for this, why not everything else in the world? Well, and we, and there's been no such announcement. So yeah, how about Willow? <laughs> Disney owns that too, probably. Uh, they do. They absolutely own Willow. Here's what I can think of, Chris. I don't know if it's easier to license, but it is easier to justify a licensing fee when you're charging $260 versus when you're I charging see. $5 for that game. Right. Because I think the Capcom beat em up collection is like 15 bucks. Yeah. And- so, so the margins are a little bit better when you're when you're throwing it in there with your giant fucking logo controller. What the hell is that controller, dude? I know, but when we were, when we were working there, that was like the the big hurdle. The idea that like everyone wants to see Willow and AVP, but like they like all this becomes more expensive if you're licensing something from your because mm. you're at their whim of whatever the licensee wants. Mm-hmm. Mm. But if you'd be willing to pay a giant expensive fee, we could sell things. But the perception was that everyone would complain and. The company didn't want any more. Uh, instead of making uh, the little guy look like Warwick Davis, could he maybe look like our CEO? <laughs> <laughs> CEO really wants to be Willow, man. Oh, this is a deal breaker. I think you're confusing this with Bobby Kotick. <laughs> just, just, yeah. a, just a serve bot fighting Mad Mardigan. Uh, so, I play that. So speaking of uh, working with uh, licensees who tell you what to do... Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was officially revealed at this weekend's Star Wars celebration. Uh, this is the respawn Star Wars game that's been in the works. It comes out this November, November 15th. Ooh. Uh, it is a single player story based game. They made sure to call that out in the marketing, which was surreal. SPSB, got it. No, they, not only did they, they said this is a single player story based, they said no microtransactions, no loot boxes, and no, we won't be adding them. A single-player Star Wars story for those who are ready to become a Jedi. That was from the official EA Star Wars Twitter account. Did you see their next tweet, though? No. no. It, it was like, hashtag trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I mean, I like the idea of you know being a Jedi in hiding. Like, being being one of the characters you were hunting down in Force Unleashed. Yeah, so it takes place between Episodes 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically after Order... Is it Order 66? Is that the... Yes. Yeah, the wipe them out, all yeah. of them. Execute Order 606, the page where Dumbledore dies. Right. Yes. 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 Of course. Mm-hmm. So it takes place... So you are a Jedi in hiding. And, and the trailer they showed, really the whole time, it's like this guy trying to restrain himself and not 
let his force powers manifest because then he'll get caught and busted. Mm-hmm. And so um, over the course of the game, the way they're, they're kind of describing it is you will have to use your force powers and you'll there's sort of RPG like elements where you're going to be kind of, you know, upgrading your powers and using your powers. They, they described it like almost like there's some platforming and puzzle sections that you're going to be figuring out like how to get through the levels and stuff and i think they're saying you know the combat itself is going to be the way they're they're talking about it is it's not going to be like a force unleashed situation which is like button mash and you will look fucking cool and you'll be all powerful (laughs) It, it looks much more kind of slower paced and you have to think about situations and and your choices in combat matter so I don't know, man. It, it looks then very. Why do they, they only showed cutscenes, and the cutscenes look like uh, very last gen? It's true, but I'm still looking forward to it. I, I like the concept. Yeah. Me too. Well, so I mean, you know, this is respawn, and so the I have faith because I, I know respawn now is known for things like Apex Legends or Titanfall, which is multiplayer only. But they are also the studio that brought you like the Modern Warfare campaigns, right? So they yeah, know they've how never to, had a bad game, never. They know how to do single player campaigns, and so you know, to me, I, I have a little bit of faith there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is first person though, right? Well, they didn't show any gameplay. No, so. we haven't seen. No, it. Yeah. I hope it's third. Honestly. We've we've just seen a frayed looking lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. So, yeah, uh, this is coming this November. I'm sure we will see a lot more of this game. Uh, most likely at whatever EA is doing around E3 because they still refuse to be at E3. So mm. I'm, I'm sure they'll show some of this off. No EA at E3? How a shame. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to our community segment, which is always is what? Segmenting the community. Yes, thank you. Last week's question of the week was, what game character that you like would you be willing to see die, to kill off permanently, to give a glorious death to? Not a lot of people seem to like this question. Uh, Leif, you weren't here last week. Do you have an answer? Yeah, I'm going to say Thrall from the Warcraft universe. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, Thrall, you know, if you've been following the Warcraft universe, he he ste- stepped down and decided to get all, you know, hippie and stuff. And But the thing yeah. is, when he did that, he actually started some of the worst moments in the Warcraft universe. You had Garrosh come around, who was just this maniac who destroyed Pandaria and all this stuff. Yeah. Led to Sylvanas. Which well, he had daddy a- issues. He was pissed off because of what happened to his dad, and yeah. Yeah, so he is, you know, so I'd like to see him go out in some kind of like sacrificial thing where he comes back. He's kind of like a badass, but man, you got some stuff to atone for, man. Yeah, they basically uh, made him become Malfurion Stormrage. It yes. was like, you're going to become this hippie and just kind of go off into hiding. And I'm like, you already did that with one of your big characters. Why are we doing this again? Yeah, and I, I would like to, you know, come, you know, and would it kind of go back to uh, Grom Helm scream, you know, where he had a, you know, it'd be for different reasons. Oh, yeah, Man! Yes. So yeah. <laughs> the best character to click repeatedly on until he starts start changing his yeah, tune. But his son's a little shit. So yeah, go back and uh, you know redeem yourself. Go out in a glorious death and stuff like that. Do a good Blizzard cutscene and. Yeah, everybody will remember you. And besides, it's you know, as much as I love WoW, it's about time for a refresh or something. So that would be a good way to cap it off. Yeah, yes. I mean, worth offing him alone for his appearance in that awful movie. So, <laughs> as, well, he, he was just the baby in that movie. He, he was he wasn't. Really that was the worst part of the movie, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Was that thrall? Well, first responder on VigiGameApocalypse.com was Laser Time Rules, who says, "Kill off Link." It could be another game that shows the Ocarina of Time timeline where he he lost. Although this time, you'll play as Zelda in a game that's finally good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It could be a game that frames why the hell the series is called The Legend of Zelda. 
You could call it the legend of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't just slip oh. in there a game that's finally, finally good, good. When you're talking Zelda. <laughs> dude. That's finally yeah. good. Yeah, because Ocarina harsh. was the, it was it was the black sheep of the family. <laughs> Shifty Morgan says, "For me, it would be Master Chief. Give him a noble send off, as I can't see him going any other way. He's going to be ancient by the next game. Then going forward, maybe look at doing what ODST and Reach did." Have a great cast surrounding your protagonist. I found those two games had spades more story than any of the major Halo games. It's so that that nameless fuck is like in any way responsible for anything with canon and lore is so weird. I feel like you could move on from that series pretty bigly, <laughs> like they did with ODST. Yeah, uh, yeah, just to get another main character in that universe, I'd be totally fine with that. He's got a name, dude. His name's John. I know his name is John. <laughs> it's just, but it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> he's supposed it's to be. He's supposed down. to be everybody. You're not like otherwise show his face or like show his family. Uh, otherwise, he's everybody. He can anybody can be behind that helmet. He's had a military career spanning almost as long as America's current involvement in foreign wars. Yes. Began as a Chicago radio DJ. Yeah, I understand. I I remember. Mm-hmm. That's where the voice came from. Bad mm-hmm. joke. Um, from Twitter, game character you want to kill? What is it? Blacksmith gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the internet has has had its fun with Bowsette, but do we really need Booet Bullet Billet <laughs> <laughs> Captain Toadette? <laughs> Uh, if, if I was to give a video game character a final death, it would be the Super Crown. Oh, nice. Wah, super Crown. Mm. Um, <laughs> you old so-and-so says, Chakan, he's earned it. Everybody remember Chakan the Forever Man on Genesis? Chakan the Forever Man who beat death at, uh, at a sword battle and could not die. Mm-hmm. And was constantly basically trying to find a way to die because he was just so tired. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. And uh, from the official Laser Time Facebook community, we have Jose Pedro Abalos, who says, I would love to see Duke Nukem get an honorable death. Make a game where he realizes that he's not nearly as funny as he thinks he is, but he still has a chance to redeem himself by ensuring a future for everyone else. Or, in other words, make Duke as self-aware as Herc from the Far Cry franchise. I wouldn't describe Herc as self-aware. No, he's yeah. kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. He's He's a... Like the the designers were very self aware in making him, but yeah, he himself yeah. is only marginally. It's like, like I just get the feeling that I'm sometimes trapped in a heartless and uncaring universe <laughs> where I'm just made to suffer for the uh, amusement of a faceless person I'll yeah. never meet. You know, up, up until I got to the end there, yeah, I was imagining it's like Duke Nukem gets all like Kratos in the new God of War. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm thinking about my days. He pulls out his money, goes, shake it, baby. You know what? <laughs> Don't shake it. You've earned this. Just take it. Just take it and go. Start a new life. You know, no, baby. Don't shake it in front of my son. <laughs> I'm a dad now. This gives me depth as a character. It's come to my attention that my titty jokes are poor. <laughs> Speaking of game characters have been around forever, I still remember when they had like this thing where on, on the official Duke Nukem website where Duke Nukem was like debating Ross Perot for president. They had like a Duke <laughs> for president campaign. Like nobody even remembers who Ross Perot was. Right. Wait a minute. Wait can a minute. you tell me can what he did? Let me can, I some charts. can I finish? Can I finish? Mark? Can I finish? Can you tell me what he did other than run for president? Let me show you show some, some charts, charts here. I'm going to show you some charts to prove that I can show you what there I'm doing. He wanted to introduce the flat tax. <laughs> Seriously, that's a real Ross Perot agenda. It's a really good Duke Nukem impersonation. We several hours of media airtime on all the networks. They, they had like a sound bump that was like, 
You should have known you played with your ass. And then it's like, <laughs> happened in the middle of the night, there's one man and a dog, and I'm not going to get into that with you because it's none of your business. <laughs> you freak. <laughs> so remember that, like, what, 25 years later? Yeah. No, I have vivid memory. Dude, I remember at least one almost word-for-word word NPR Ross Perot song parody, and it's like, there should be an option for me to eternal sunshine this from my brain <laughs> for something better. I didn't ask for this to be here. In a way, we sort of have, because I think no one remembers Ross Perot. Everyone remembers Dana Carvey's Ross Perot. Ah, yes. Sort of like George Bush Sr. Like, no one remembers how he actually spoke. Everyone remembers Dana Carvey's impersonations. Mm-hmm. Nagada. Nagada. <laughs> Nagada. Nagada. Wouldn't be pred. All right. New question of the week. If you could pick any classic Capcom arcade game to show up on that ridiculous monstrosity of a joystick system that would make you want to buy it, what would it be? Um, I mean, for me, I think I already said Willow, which was like a great fusion of, uh, like what, what Strider had done before, where you're alternating, or you can, I think, choose to play as either Willow or Mad Mardigan, Willow throwing fireballs, Mad Mardigan with his, sword which cuts uh, Strider-like arcs. Um, that was really cool. Um, yes, a, a, a working Strider 2 would be really awesome, or just, you know... The game's great. Yeah. It, it's really good. Uh, I mean, uh, there's, there's a PS1 version out there somewhere, but yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, again, I, I love... I, I worked at Capcom. There's a ton of their properties that are soured for me by you awful people that I'll never touch again. Uh, but... The arcade stuff is, is just, I love big, bombastic sprites and the the ability to finally not go broke, pump, pumping quarters into it. I love that. And there haven't been enough arcade games released. I want to see Saturday Night Slam Masters uh, come back uh, to, to, to something like this. I love the wrestling game uh, with all, like like Street Fighter meets WWE. With Mike Hager. It's something that should come back. All right, and as for me, yes, uh, the one I would really like to see on there is Dungeons and Dragons: Shadow oh, of Vistara. Yes, oh yeah, because that that I remember that that was my jam because that that was actually kind of what got me into Dungeons and Dragons. Believe it or not, it was this really beat up arcade. Yeah, I grew up in a Christian community guy where yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> and so this was like my initiation to Dungeons and Dragons was playing this freaking beat 'em up arcade. I, game. I have that on. Uh, 360 where I played on my Xbox One. I think it's, right. in, a, it's in a double pack with the other they have D&D both of them. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah? Still, they hold up. They're very good. It, it's so it's so bizarre because that's such a bad... It should be a bad genre for Dungeons & Dragons. Right. right. Beat everything yeah, up beat and them. walk right. Yeah. You can never do that in a real yeah. D&D game. I have a very similar game that you can tell is based on a lot of the same systems, it's Knights of the Round. Oh, oh yeah. The yes. King Arthur and his great. knights side-scrolling beat him up. Similar thing where they have some RPG mechanics, which at the time in the arcade, that was like the dream is, oh my God, I can have like character progression. But the thing is, you always had to leave the arcade before any that could mean anything, right? Yeah. So to have that at a home system... Probably that saves that has a save state. We don't know, uh, but like to be able to save your progress and actually engage with the systems in that game, and the fact that on that system you have a second player right there, like because that's how those games are meant to be played. Is with multiple people. I just love. Like I don't think the King Arthur mythos gets enough game love. No, you know, surprising actually. It, it, yeah. It's one of the few King Arthur games that I can, especially arcade games that I can think of. It may be worthwhile to do a top five about it. Yeah, at some there point. we go. Yeah. So yeah, Knights of the Round for me. Let's get that on there. 
All right. Well, what is a Capcom? What is a classic Capcom arcade game? That's almost a tongue twister that you would love to see on a, a that retro console <laughs> or any other retro console for that matter. Um, that would make you want to buy it. Let us know. Go to vidgamepocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode three hundred and twelve. Alternately. Uh, visit the f- official Laser Time community on Facebook, and there'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and uh, we will choose from among the best answers to be read on next week's show. So that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Leif, uh, say again, you, you said at the top of the show, but where can people find your stuff? Yeah, I'm Leif Johnson. I'm one of the editors at Macworld. I sometimes write game stuff for PC World, chiefly on a focus on the MMOs. And uh, you can contact me on or follow me on Twitter at Leif Johnson. That's L-E-I-F Johnson, boring old Johnson. And uh, yeah, that's the best way to find me. And I write about Max and I write about games. Hey. Yeah, this week, 302010, talking lots of tragedy. You want to hear a Columbine conversation where we used to talk about The Matrix? That shit. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, dang. Um, uh, whatever. It, all the movies suck that week. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a really fun show this week. I swear, lots of funny stuff happens amidst a lot of unfunny topics, much like this show. And uh, Laser Time this week is all about, is put together by uh, Matty Allen. Oh, He's, he, all, all credit goes to him. Uh, but uh, what is it? WrestleMania celebrities? Yeah, it's it's celebrity appearances at WrestleMania. We wanted to talk wrestling while not talking wrestling because we know that is a polarizing subject. But you know what is not is celebrities, and so WrestleMania has a a long tradition of celebrity appearances, and we talked about some of the best and some of the worst in there with some uh, some fun moments to relive for sure. It's 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 worth it just to imagine Liberace, Hulk Hogan, and Muhammad <laughs> Ali in the same room. <laughs> That should have been Pro Stars Bo Jackson. Yes. Uh, but, but but that in a, um, hopefully next week, if I can get shit together. Again, like, not again, but like, everything's been really hard. I've been sick. Days and days of taxes. Days and days more of taxes. Yeah. Things have been a little late. Bear with us. This sucks. Nothing I can do about it. Trying to catch up with things. So, like, hopefully everything will be up this week. Within the week. Matt? Please do give that episode of Laser Time a listen. And if you guys want to hear more wrestling content, you can let me know on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. Um, we might just, you know, be open to hearing suggestions like that. Mm. Oh, and shout out to the, the only news we didn't get to talk about. Joker for Smash looks cool. Oh, and yeah. I, I got a raging hard on for the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 box art. Very fun. I didn't like all the damage tattoos all over him, though. I thought that was a little That's, weird. Look, you're confusing people. <laughs> you know no one's going to look at that before they send Nintendo an angry tweet. Angry tweet. Angry tweet. Angry <laughs> I think you just named the next big social network. Uh, it's like a tweet, but from your vagina. <laughs> I was thinking like it's a, it's a combination between Quora and Twitter. Tweet. No, I, I, I was, I was leaning the way Chris went with yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, I shouldn't try to force it. Uh, it was a delightful surprise. <laughs> anyway, uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Wikipars or follow the show at VG Apocalypse. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
See you next tweet. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this tweet has 10,000 retweets. It's very popular. I got that.